Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. Big sales! Happy Monday to you. Appreciate you coming aboard. Thank you so much. We are now 38 days away from the start of training camp. And for some of you, for the Philadelphia Eagles, 38 days away from the start of training camp. Man. (laughs) Hey, right now, let me just say this to you. Like, if you're an athlete, and I, I remember 38 days, I used to be saying this to myself, man, am I in enough shape? Man, am I in good enough shape? I'm running at 3.30 at night. I'm, I'm getting up in the middle of the night because I'm panicking. Can I make the 12-minute run? Can I make the 16-110s? Holy shit, am I in good enough shape? Let me get to the gym. Dude, you start panicking a little bit because you want to make sure you're in the greatest shape you could possibly be to give yourself the best chance to make those rosters. 38 days, baby. How you doing? Hey, look, I'm going to start the show off here, and June's not really a great month for big sales. Because we had some unfortunate passing, uh, friends that passed away. Uh, Today marks the 37th anniversary of the passing of Len Bias, who I think was better than Michael Jordan in college. Um, He was my workout buddy at Maryland. He was the second overall pick in 1986 by the Boston Celtics. And in my opinion, he was destined for superstardom. What an absolutely amazing player and guy. Died of an overdose. And, you know, it's funny. uh, When I worked out with him and I was at the University of Maryland my freshman year, I never saw him drink. I never saw him do drugs. I never saw him smoke pot. I never saw him really do anything. What an absolutely spectacular athlete. I mean it. He and Jordan used to battle at Coalfield House, and we would watch this. Then we would go down to Chapel Hill and watch those two guys. you got to remember something in the ACC at that time. James Worthy was in the league. Ralph Sampson was the big gun in the ACC along with Jordan. Dean Smith. The Atlantic Coast Conference had superstar ball players in it, man. It was every single night at Coalfield House. It was... It, it, it was an iconic night. You'd have Worthy and Jordan and Worth. I mean, Dowdy was on those teams. Matt Dowdy. I mean, God, there were so many great basketball players. And it was fun watching that. And the guy who was just so electric was Len Bias. What a great dude, man. And I got the news in 86 when I was at the University of Miami when I transferred that my friend had passed away. Adrian Branch called me and told me and then I talked to Lefty Drizel and all that, who was the coach. What a just a shame. You talk about a star that was taken too soon, man. He is it. What an unbelievable talent. And we used to always kid one another 
when we were talking about winning an ACC championship, Big Sills got that up there. I showed it to you before right there. That's my plaque for my ACC championship that I won in 83. I believe they would end up winning one, I think, a year later. I think they won the 84 ACC regular season, if I'm not mistaken. And he he got his the next year, but I had transferred already. So what an absolutely fabulous, fabulous ball player. So rest in peace, my friend. You will never be forgotten. One of Big Sills' favorite people. Len Pye. Who would have thought that's my workout buddy for like a year and a half? And just and then tragically, my other friend, Jerome Brown, who also passes away this month. I believe he passes away on my daughter's birthday. Uh, the tw- no, no, the 19th he passes away. Um, yeah, July 19th. So we still got that date ahead and coming up here. So, hey, we got a ton of stuff as always. And we look forward to hitting this up with you. Gary Cobb, as always, will join us at 4.30 today. Um, I, w- I heard something that Dick Vermeil said. And I want to start this off with. With Jalen Hurts here, he came up with something pretty interesting here. Somebody said to him, you know, we got to figure a way on taking down the run attempts for him this coming season. We got to figure a way to preserve this guy. You know what Vermeil's attitude is? Why? Play him. Play him. Don't, don't take his running ability away why would you take one of the top assets that he has away why would you do that if you think about it Vermeil's right if you're gonna play here here's why I say this you know Dick Vermeil's not looking for a long career for Jalen Hurts now would you rather have a five-year superstar years with this player playing the way he did a year ago or would you try to hold him back from being Jalen Hurts and overcoach him? Is it taking away the running attempts actually overcoaching him? So you're going to take one of his – because look, one more time here. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He'll never be Patrick Mahomes. He'll never throw the ball like Justin Herbert. He will never throw the ball like Joe Burrow. For that matter, never in a million years like Josh Allen. He's never going to be that guy. However, those guys that I just mentioned are never going to be Jalen Hurts. It's not a rip. It's actually a compliment. He's a one-off. Will Jalen Hurts ever throw the ball like Patrick Mahomes? No. Will Patrick Mahomes ever run the ball like Jalen Hurts and throw the ball? No. It's not a rip. It's a style. It's an approach. It's a mentality. Dick Vermeil's attitude is, why would you take that away from him to make him a lesser player? That was my takeaway. And I started thinking about that. So you run that horse until the horse's hose come off? Or do you try to preserve it? What do you do? If you're the Eagles, you've invested, what is it, five years? 255, really a three-year contract at $50 million. You just let the chips fall where they may. 
Jalen Hurts is not at that style going to play 10-plus years in this league. Maybe he will. I don't know. But traditionally, no one lasts. Because by the end of those dual-threat guys, they're beat up like Cam Newton or to that matter, even Michael Vick. If that guy delivers a Super Bowl title in five years playing that style, but he plays eight years, eight superstar years but gets hurt, is it worth it? Yeah. Yes. So do you want Jalen to run? You know, every I'm going to ask Gary Cobb this question too in hour two. But don't you think Dick's right? Vermeil's right here. Dude, don't take that st- part of his game away. He'll be a lesser version of what he did a year ago. Here's what I would say to you about Jalen Hurts. I would say this. I think the, and and I said this the other day to you guys, if Jalen Hurts plays the same football that he did a year ago, he'll be in the conversation again for the MVP award and get this. His football team will be back in the NFC title game. The thing that I'm looking for is to be a better version of what he was a year ago, which is this, more experience, more game decision. And, and, and what did Phil Sims say? Xander's with us, and I, I don't think Xander heard this. Do you know what Phil Sims said? That there's more of a chance that, that Jalen Hurts gets hurt in the pocket more than the open field, and here's why. He's got more control of the running space in open field. He knows when to get down, when not to get down. When you're in the pocket, you're sitting here, you never know what's coming up from the blind side. Most quarterbacks get hurt because of why? They get rolled up on, blow a knee. Okay, I mean, you have more control of where you're going in open space. I never thought about that until Phil Sims pointed that out. Jalen knows when to get down. He knows when to slide. His decision-making is 10 times that of both Lamar Jackson and also Josh Allen. Now, do I think that Jalen is the athlete those two are? No, I don't. But then again, I've told you this numerous times. I never thought Tom Brady was the athlete that Aaron Rodgers was. Aaron Rodgers is a better athlete than Tom Brady. He's more technically sound than Tom Brady. He's a better thrower of the football. Doesn't really result in wins and titles, though, does it? Because that's where your intangibles do come in. Look, this is this is an observation of what Dick Vermeil said today. And I find it to be intriguing. You know, I was part of that group that said, we got to figure a way to get this guy less rushes. Now I'm starting to believe, like, Coach, Coach Vermeil would run this guy. He's not taking that away from the game. Plus, get this. Why would you play into the hands of the defensive coordinator? Oh, he's not going to run that much this year? That means I don't have to leave a spy in? That means I can cover Goddard more. Don't you want that that decoy also? That his ability to take off and run is there. Right? Look, I've said it and I'll say it again. Jalen Hurts is never going to be a prolific NFL passer without his running ability. He's not. He's not. He's not going to be a guy that's going to sit back there 45 attempts and beat you. He's not. 
But what he does do, hey, how many times did we do this last year with Jalen Hurts? It's third and 10. This dude's picking that up. I had more confidence in Jalen Hurts picking up a third and 10 than Mahomes. You bet I did. Hey, I'm sitting there watching the games going, he's getting this. Third and eight, third and nine, which they weren't in the situation. Okay. And, 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 and Rocksteady goes, I think he will. Dude, off of one year, you're hoping he does. You have no proof of this. Consistency is something that we talk about with elite. Those are elite. Mahomes is elite because he's continuing to do it, and he's doing it with lesser talent. That's elite. He's, this suit, this team that beat you, as I've said to you over the last three weeks, was a lesser team than what you guys put on the field on Super Bowl 58. And he beat you because he's elite along with this coach. I'm running Jalen Hurts now. I think everything that Dick Vermeil said is right. I just want him to be smarter. And one thing is for sure. You know, a couple, couple weeks ago, they said this when they were in OTAs. They said that we want to see Jalen Hurts take that next step. Do you know what I want to see Jalen Hurts take that next step? Continuing to be a great decision maker. Continuing to improve on decision-making moves that he has in-game. If he continues to do that, his decision-making... Hey, by the way, who's a better in-game decision-maker, Tom Brady or Peyton Manning? Who's a better in-game situational play player, Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers will go 33-35 of 35 in a ball game for 375 yards against Brady. But the two incompletions... One of them will be a pick for a touchdown, and Brady throws the game winner. There'll be times in games where they'll make a poor decision. I'll say this to you about your guy, Jalen Hurts, last year. There were very few times. Can you name me a game where you came away going like this? Man, that guy's decision-making was terrible. Was there a game last year you went, his decision-making, man? I mean, was – I, I, I don't, you know, I went back and looked at that and I don't remember one game last year where I came away. Well, I, there were games where I thought maybe he didn't put his best numbers up, but I never came away doing this with Hurts. You know, man, his decision-making in that game was terrible. How many times you say that about Garoppolo? How many times you say that about Rodgers? Even in their prime, Brady included. You never said that about Brady. A couple games, hey, over 20 years, you're going to have a couple of them clunkers. Jalen's first real big year being a star in the league or a potential star in the league. He really didn't have one of those games. It's a testament to who he is. He's a one-of, right, Yale? He's a one-of. Hey, I'd rather have a one-of that I can't, do you understand how important that is that Jalen Hurts is a one? Why is that so hard? Here's why you would rather have a one of. I know how to game plan Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow. I know how to game plan them guys. You know what you can't account for? 
is a is a wildcat quarterback that can throw. And that's what you have in Philly. Do you know why so many coordinators are struggling last year defending him? They didn't have a book on him. Nobody knew how good he was becoming. That's not going to be the case this year. There's miles of game tape on him now. And like I said to you, you know what I do to Hurts this year? I hit that guy as hard as I can every time he's in open space. I'm going to pound that guy. I'm going to get illegal hits on him. I'm going to have J.O.P.s on him. Every single time he takes off, I am clobbering him. I'm going to wear that guy down. I'm going to have, I want five guys on every single tackle when it comes to Hurts. I want someone putting a hat on him. Hit him in the elbows. Hit him in the forearms. Muscle this guy up. That's how, you got to be physical with Hurts because he's physical. Jalen Hurts plays a physical game. I'm going to go after him. Not doing cheap shots, because that does me no good. Penalties kill me. I'm talking about gang tackling. I'm talking about everybody around the ball. He has the ball, hit him. Hit him, stick him. Make that guy know, you may win the game, but I may see you again in the playoffs, and we're going to hit you as hard as we possibly can. We'll find out how long he can last, because to me, what will make Jalen Hurt? Jalen Hurts the last two years has not been able to withstand the war of attrition. He's missed games. That's going to not get better. The key is going to have him manage that. I'm not saying on a pitch count. I'm saying this. Jalen Hurts has to improve on making sure his decision-making doesn't take him out of ball games. And games that, if you guys miss two games this year, you'll lose home field advantage. You can't miss two games this year. You cannot. With that schedule, you cannot. You can't afford two games. Because I think the Cowboys, I think the Cowboys are going to be right there. Seattle might be there. The 49ers are going to be there because they always are there. Okay? Seals, after this season, you will rank Hurts better than Herbert. No, I won't. No, I will not. The only place that that happens is in Philly. There's not a personnel guy on the planet that would take Jalen Hurts over Justin Herbert. Nobody. You know why? He could do more with less. Your guy, Justin Herbert, in that offense, with that old line, he goes 17 and 0. <clears throat> he goes 17 and 0. A true drop back passer with that offensive line and 2,000 yard wide receivers. If Patrick Mahomes played in Philly, he'd have 8,000 passing yards. They'd never lose a game and they'd beat people by 50 points. Again, at the end of the day, the Eagles are a physical team. When you're a physical team, you're not going to put up gigantic passing numbers. You know, quite frankly, I've said this to you guys before as well. I've never seen 2,000 wide receivers and a quarterback who just got over 3,700 yards. I've never seen that. 
Usually when you see 2,000-yard wide receivers, you see a guy with 4,500 yards. Shit, what's his name? Carson Wentz had 4,000 passing yards. He didn't have a guy on his football team with over 700 yards in receptions that year. Crazy. That was a crazy great year that Wentz had. Nobody on the football team had 1,000 yards or even 700 yards, and he had four grand. That just shows you how great he was. Okay. Um, dude, once again, because you guys get butt hurt, you think this is a slam. You're out of your tree. No one's slamming the kid. I said this to you. He wins 12 ball games this year. Jalen Hurts will be an elite quarterback because then there's no excuses. He's taken on big-time teams this year. Hardest schedule in the league. They win 12 games this year, you'll be a better football team than you were even a year ago. Even a year ago. What are you talking about? Again, you know, hey, and stop lying. Stop lying. If you put all these quarterbacks into a draft, Jalen Hurts is not getting drafted ahead of Justin Herbert. He's not even, for that matter, getting drafted ahead of Trevor Lawrence. Okay? You have to have a full-loaded team for that style to work. Great O-line. So let me ask you this. How far do you think Jalen Hurts could take the Bears? If I put Patrick Mahomes on the Bears, they're an NFC contender. What do you think if I put Jalen Hurts on the Bears right now? They win eight games? Maybe? He win eight games. I put Joe Burrow on that Bears team, I'd probably win 10, 11 games. Because I could throw myself out of trouble. That's what they do. Again, again, it's not taking. Hey, if that's how you look at it, that's a you issue. I think the kids come a long way. I think the kids getting better. And I'm going to continue. I'm going to do what Dick Vermeil said. I'm going to run this guy. I'm going to run this guy because you know why? That's part of his game. You can't take that part of his game. Like, get this. Can I tell you what I think that'd be like? That'd be like taking Tom Brady's check down game away from him. What would Tom Brady be if you took his check down game away? Like you take Hertz's running ability away. You think Brady would be the same quarterback and have the same amount of wins if you took his check down offense down? Absolutely not. Tom Brady is the ultimate check down quarterback. He's the ultimate check down guy. He's not a deep passer. That's not who he is. I mean, no risk it, no biscuit. It's not Tom Brady football. Never won a Super Bowl with a big-time throwing offense. Ever did they win a Super Bowl. He was a check-down king. Check-down king. I mean, look. The kid's continuing to get better, but Dick Vermeil's right. Run this guy. Absolutely run him. Continue to run him. Okay? Guy threw for 300 yards in the Super Bowl. Yeah, because, by the way, I said he was great in it. So what? I saw Blake Bortles throw for 498 
Throwing for 300 yards today in the NFL, really, is not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Okay? Targeting. You can't touch the receivers. When I see a guy throw for 3,000 yards in the NFL today, whatever. When I see a guy like Mahomes have Tyreek Hill taken out of his offense and break every NFL regular season record there is, that's special. And beat an elite team like the Eagles. Hey, so is Brock Purdy a special player too? How many 300-yard games did Brock Purdy have? Brock Purdy. How many, how many special games did he have? <laughs> yeah, he's special too. Chicken wing turdy. <laughs> okay. Phenomenal. Yeah, he's great too, man. All these three. Look at, hey, look at Eli Manning. He's a great example. Okay. Opie is a really great example. Opie Manning. And look at all the numbers that he put up. Opie Manning threw for three, 400 yards too. Would you consider him an elite guy? Well, he beat Brady twice. Yeah, I know Jim Plunkett's got two Super Bowl championships too. Okay? Opie Manning, he's elite too, right? He threw for a bunch of 300-yard games. Tony Romo, is he elite? Give me a break. All right, let's move on. So, to close that up, I agree with Dick Vermeil. Let's run this dude, man. I'm going to run that pony until that guy's hoofs come off. And if it happens to come off in year five, year seven, hopefully year 10, so be it. But I'm going to run that dude until that dude breaks down. Just like a running back. I'm going to run that guy, and I don't care. I'm going to run it. By the way, like I said, if I'm a coordinator, I'm going to hit that guy with every single guy on my football team. I want 11 guys on him. He takes off an open space. There better be more than one hat on him because by the end of that game, I promise you, if you're the Cowboys, you want to play that guy later in the year too just to see how he's all nice and tenderized. <laughs> I want to tenderize that guy. That's right, man. He, Hey, you got paid 50 million bucks to get beat up. Congratulations. Welcome to the club. Because we all know how those $50 million deals end up coming out. I never said Bounty Gate. I never said that. You mean money in the jar? Everybody puts 100 bucks in the jar. When they take a quarterback out, that guy gets the jar to carry it over for the following week. You mean something like that? I, I, don't, know what, I don't know what a quarterback jar is. I've, I've never seen a quarterback jar. I, I, I don't know what the quarterback jar is. Like, you know, some weeks it's like 700 bucks. Some weeks it's 7,000 bucks. Depends. I, I've never seen a quarterback jar in the locker room, in the D-line room. <laughs> never seen it. Okay, here. Let me move on to this topic now. Okay, here we go. Look, I know the most important thing on the planet is to win your division and then to win your conference. There's no question about it. And the Eagles are supreme in the NFC. I, I still think the Niners have to figure out the quarterback position. I think Seattle's a good team. Cowboys may be there. I don't know. Okay. 
but the Cowboys are always the Cowboys, okay? Let's look at big picture here. You think the Philadelphia Eagles in this offseason have done anything to, and by the way, you play them this year, to solve the puddle, the puzzle known as Patrick Mahomes? You think they've done enough in the offseason to win a Super Bowl? What would that be if they have? You think they've done enough this offseason to win a Super Bowl? What would that be? You couldn't beat them two years in a row. Now you got them another time at Arrowhead. Yeah, most definitely. Jeremiah, what is that? What have you done that's an upgrade to beat Mahomes? What's that again? Let me hear it. What's the upgrade? And again, listen. I'm going beyond the division, and I'm going beyond the NFC here. I'm asking you because you've lost two years in a row to Mahomes and Andy Reid. What have you done to upgrade your chances of beating the world champion Chiefs? Fired Gannon and hired a more inexperienced guy. Interesting. Defensive scheme? What is that? What's the scheme? Is it a five front? Four front? 34? What is it? I don't even, I, I haven't, what is it? Not getting worse is a plus? So you lose five of your top tacklers and you weren't a good tackling team anyway. Um, your middle of your football defense is completely been gutted. What have you done to upgrade your chance of beating Mahomes this year? Everyone says the Eagles are a threat. What have you done to upgrade your chances on beating Patrick Mahomes this year? You know, you may play that guy twice more. You are going to play him once more. You know, you may play him again in the Super Bowl. What, 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 what makes you think you're going to be in a better position to beat him this time? You got lesser experience on defense. You got guy. You think the Kobe Dean is going to call a defense that's going to confuse Patrick Mahomes, or do you think? that Patrick Mahomes is going to run circles around an inexperienced middle linebacker. He's going to run circles around that guy. TJ Edwards, the loss of his knowledge in the middle of that field will be felt. Get this. Dean may even be a better player, but his lack of experience playing the position, especially in the NFL, they're going to attack him. You guys are under some notion that this guy, well, you know, he's just going to fit. He's not going to just fit right in. You've got to know formations. You've got to know disguise coverages. You've got to know what the offensive line, if they're resetting on a 30 front or a 43, you've got to move the line. You've got to know strength on the field. You've got to know wide side, short side. You've got to know what they like to do out of a brown set, red set. Hey, will they end up doing middle screen here? 
And you got to know all that, and you haven't played ever. But you think he's just going to step in there. T.J. Edwards knew what he was doing in the room. That's why he had the green dot. You just think he's going to fit in there. And your lack of depth and experience at your D-tackle position, they're going to run the ball at you like they did in the Super Bowl, the Chiefs. And for the record, in the second half, they they took care of the Eagle O-line. What is it, a little take over 100, 100 yards? That's not Eagle football. Miles Sanders was MIA. He was on a milk carton in the second half. Shit, they were sending... They were sending SOSs out like that lost sub. (laughs) SOS. SOS. Have you seen Miles Sanders? No, he's in the sub down near the Titanic. Okay. I'm so glad Dan is. Oh, Dan's always wrong. Really? I had you in the Super Bowl last year. You're welcome. Take the day off. You're welcome. Hands always wrong. I had you in the Super Bowl. Yeah, right. Wrong. Okay. Well, that's a, hey, and by the way, did you see what the new comment is coming out of Buffalo? Stefan Diggs restructured his contract because he wanted to have DeAndre Hopkins signed. That's why he held out. I tweeted that out. Gee, I wonder where I heard that from. Let me guess. Ken Dorsey? Thank you, Ken. Appreciate it. Way to give Big Sills a heads up. Oh, wait, who's he? He's the OC. Dumb people sometimes. You don't have any connections? I asked the offensive coordinator, why is he holding out? Ah, he restructured his contract, and he wanted. He thought we'd sign, and Bean would go after and get D-Hop. Not that that hasn't happened, or nor it's, it still might happen, but that was one of the reasons that – they, he said that they lied to him, was that he restructured his contract for a reason so they can go out and get DeAndre Hopkins. Boom! You're welcome. Take the day off, kid. No, I, I'm, I'm with you, Yale. Sills, do you think Dean was on the bench last year with his eyes closed? He was learning. So you think that if you sit at a chalkboard and you're drawing plays up, you think that's experience? Or do you think getting out there and getting your ass handed to you or being in there? Hey, it's one thing to sit. Hey, how many times have you studied for a test? You get to the test and you end up shit in the bed 90% of the time? Just because you think you know what to do, it doesn't mean you're going to do it because you haven't done it. This is a game of feel. Sometimes game plans get ripped up on the sidelines, right? Boom. How many times have you seen the Patriots? They got a game plan going. Belichick just takes the playbook and rips it up and goes, we're doing this. We're going to go five front, bear look. We're going to go this route. How many times has he done that? Done it a hundred times. Come on, man. You said the Eagles were not going to make the playoffs before the draft. I did say that. I did exactly. When I said that on May... January, February, March, April, May. I said it March 13th, actually, that they wouldn't. Because you know why? 
I never thought in a million years that Howie Roseman would come up with a way to have such less cap hits on the Jalen Hurts contract. It's an unprecedented contract. I said there's no chance on hell that they are going to be able to keep players. He proved me wrong. No question about it. The damage of all the players that could have been exited off this team was diminished. You're still not what you were a year ago. No one would say you have the same talent you have a year ago. Nobody with any kind of reasoning or any kind of brains and how he was able to work his magic. And he made Darius Slade, took a haircut, three and a half million dollars off his base pay. He's on a one-year contract. He ain't on no three-year deal, man. That guy won't be on this football team next year. He'll be 33 next year. He's not on this team. He's playing one year here. So what'd they do? They gave him a boatload of guaranteed money. He's on a one-year deal. And they were able to do that. You still lost Hardgrave. You still lost Edwards. You still lost White. I know. They all suck now. You lost C.J. Gardner-Johnson. I know. He sucks, too. Don't worry. And I know Isaac Sayamalo sucks, too. Oh, and I know, I know Sanders sucks, too. All guys had raises. All guys had career years. But they all suck. I know. Okay? I know. They suck. <laughs> um. I guess you think uh, – uh, what, 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 what? I got you in the Super Bowl. What are you talking about? We just don't have the depth we had. So wait a minute. You think you're just as experienced at the D-tackle position this year as you were a year ago? Do you really? Do you really think that? You're correct. Haven't done enough to take down Mahomes. That's Xander. You haven't. What, you think you're great upgrades at coaches? How about Spagnola and Andy Reid versus the Eagle coaching staff at Arrowhead this year? How, you think you've done enough. Hey, and you know what's crazy? You guys keep, or you guys always bring this up because you're stat hounds. You know that Jalen Hurts has. Better stats passing the ball in two games against Patrick Mahomes. But why do I feel that the distance between Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts and talent is like the Grand Canyon? How can that be? <laughs> Wait, Sills, he's had better stats the last two games. Yeah, but why do I feel that it's the Grand Canyon? It's the Grand Canyon. <laughs> like, the gap between him, quite frankly, and I said this last week to you guys, the gap between him, not just Jalen, and I disagree with, with uh, Jason Cole, I think the gap between him and everybody else in the NFL is quite large. And I would even make this point to you. At any time in Brady's career, I don't really think that gap is as wide when he was the top quarterback in the league as it is now with this guy. And there's a lot of talented quarterbacks in the NFL. Okay? I do, man. You have done nothing to improve your chances on beating the Kansas City Chiefs this offseason. Nothing. Nothing. So when you go into Arrowhead, you're going to be less experienced on defense. 
Well, by the time you get to them, though, you would have had a bunch of games under your belt. Oh, I can't wait to see N'Kobe Dean versus Mahomes. That should be quite interesting. <laughs> right? Be like watching Xander play MLB. <laughs> Where's he going? <laughs> Where's he going? Where? Wait. <laughs> if I were him, man, I'd get into a classroom with Seth Joyner and start talking some ball with him. And start seeing what he sees. It's one thing to have a linebacker coach sitting there barking at you. It's another thing to have a guy who played the game and sitting there telling you what to see. Anyone can be beat. It's a different team. What's a different team? I don't give a shit what that team in Kansas City is. I care about the Eagles. And the Eagles haven't done anything to improve their chances on beating that guy. Or for that matter, any elite quarterback. Let's see who they've played in the last two years. Okay, Brady crushed them. Shit, Derek Carr crushed you. Two wins for Mahomes. He was unstoppable in the second half of the Super Bowl, too. Mahomes. Garoppolo. Garoppolo. Herbert wins. Stop me here. Dak. So Brady, Carr, Mahomes, Garoppolo, Herbert, Dak Prescott. You guys haven't beaten. But you have beaten. You had you, but you no, you didn't beat Andy Dalton. Shit. I forgot, man. Shit, Dimes Jones has a win on the last two years. Dimes Jones. Holy shit, even Dimes Jones has a win. Man, Dimes Jones. Shit, Tyler Heineke. He ain't even a starter anymore has a win over the Eagles. Tyler Heineke. So when you get, hey, look, I'll tell you what. This year you're taking on Allen and you're taking on Mahomes. Whew, man. This is going to be quite interesting. This is going to be quite interesting. If we have no chance to beat Mahomes, why don't we just tank the first overall pick, Big Sills? Because not, I don't think very many teams do. The only people that can actually beat Mahomes is the guy in Buffalo. He's already beat him twice. Guy in, the guy in Cincinnati's beaten him. Allen and Burrow have beaten Mahomes. The guy in Baltimore's actually beaten him. He's beaten him too. I'm, I mean, right? What have you done to improve your chances of winning the Super Bowl? Sean Desai, baby. <laughs> Sean Desai. Mm. Oh, here we go. Let's move on to this because I see people are getting their little feelings hurt and, you know, I, I don't want anyone to get, you know, have to get the napkin out. Shit, we've only been on the show 42 minutes here and I don't want anyone, I don't want anyone to start crying. But this just in, breaking news, Big Sills is saying this, it's time for the Philadelphia Eagles 
to make sure that Derek Barnett is not on this football team anymore. Why are you here? Why are you here? This guy's been on like a GI Bill. He has been the most non-productive, first-round whatever. I mean, this guy must be related to Howie or the owner. I've never seen a guy in my life get more. Well, he got hurt. Does it matter? Does it matter? Why is Derek Barnett here? Because this would be another first-round disaster for Howie. Andre Dillard, that didn't work out. Rager, that didn't work out. Barnett, that clearly has not worked out. I mean, and now we're kind I'm not saying this about Jordan Davis. I want to see the kid. Come on. JM goes that Barnett will be traded. For what? I wouldn't trade shit for him. He has no value. What's Derek Barnett's value? Because he's on the Eagle team? It's the only value. You see, at least Andre Dillard, I could say this about Andre Dillard. Some go, Sills, you calling Andre Dillard a bust? I don't know. But he's not here. Okay? Isn't he a solid death piece? He's the literal, he's literally the DE number five. For a first rounder, Xander says he's your number five, D-E. How much you paying him? <laughs> you see, this is a cap league. This is a salary cap league. And when you got a first round pick, Who's your number five end? Isn't he a solid piece on depth? Dude, I could play Milton Williams, pay him half as much, and have less face. Milton Williams and Derek Barnett. Milton Williams is more productive. Milton Williams. Isn't he a good piece? Yeah, what what pick was he? Please tell me he wasn't a top 10 pick. Can't be. Three million. That guy ain't worth that money. Shit. He's a first rounder, though. You got a first rounder who is lucky to be on the depth chart. Number five N. 14th overall, right in the old ballpark of Jordan Davis. Whoa. <laughs> hey, Howie, Howie's got some problems around in that pick there. At least um, they were able to get, what's his name, Fletcher Cox up in that neck of the woods too, man. Holy shit. Derek Barnett, the 14th pick in the draft, and he's your number five end. Wow, well done. <laughs> Whoo, man. <laughs> Holy cow. This guy's on the land. He belongs on the island of misfit toys. He's on the island with the Jalen Ragers. Now, look like I was going to say about Andre Dillard. 
You see, this is where you at least get to say this about Andre Dillard. Well, Andre Dillard never started in Philly in the O-line. Okay, well, is that bad? You got a bunch of really great players when he played there. That's why Dillard got the money from the Titans he got. Because you were like this. Well, he didn't start in Philly. Well, say Amalo, Dickerson, Kelsey, Malata, <laughs> Johnson. Yeah, I mean, right? You kind of get it there a little bit. That's why he ended up getting some money and there was value for him, kind of value for him. Still was the number one. He recovered the Brady fumble for our only Super Bowl. I don't hate him because of that. One shining moment. <laughs> the, a, a huge shining moment, too. Yes, sir. So he recovered the football that Brady fumbled. That's what keeps him on the team. I got it. <laughs> to hit, get this, Derek Barnett is more revered than Carson Wentz. And Carson Wentz did 10 times more as an Eagle player than that guy ever did. The NFL is full of guys stealing money. <laughs> but traditionally, that's not been something that the Eagles have done. They're not a team that overpays people. That is for the Dallas Cowboys. Like, look at this. Look at every single player on that football team right now that you guys have. Is there one player overpaid? Maybe Slay. Maybe Slay. Maybe. Is Devontae? No. Is AJ? No, he's market value. Is Goddard? 14-15? No. Are any of the offensive tackles? No. Is Dickerson? No. 15 million for Kelsey? No. 50 million for Jalen. You gave that guy 46-1 in Arizona. Absolutely not. There's not a guy in that football team that's overpaid except that guy. And what's he on the team for? Because he recovered Brady's football. Uh, should have got it signed. Maybe what they should have did too was like, you know, like swap jerseys and shit. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's maybe that's what they should have did. So look, look, okay, so he's depth. Well, that's not very good depth because he's a guy I can't count on. Even the coach says this shit about him. Derek, Bar Derek Barnett again. <laughs> oh, man. Oof. You see, I'm here to help you. Some of you don't understand that, but I'm here to help you, okay? Also, top of the hour. The 2023 Big Sills All-Pro Preseason Team. We're going to put that out there. That'll be at the top of the hour here. So you guys still haven't told me what the Eagles have done to beat the uh, Chiefs this offseason. Name the Kobe Dean middle linebacker. On a historical pass rush, he's solid depth. The 13th pick is solid depth. Well done. Big Seals, who would you rather have, Hardgrave or Jalen Carter? Good question. Um, Keenan goes like, let me, I'll get back to that question. Keenan goes, Seals is a walking contradiction because players' performances go up and down, jackass. It's not an opinion change. It's player performance changing. 
just like you thought Carson Wentz was your love boy in 17. You don't have that same opinion of him now. You had it back then. You're all in love with him. There's my boy. Look at my guy go. Look at Carson go. <laughs> now, he's like one of the most hated guys in the history of Philadelphia sports. Don't kiss. Don't, don't, don't do that. My opinion changes with players' performances changing. Coaches winning and losing. It happens. It's not an opinion change. The player either gets better or worse. Some of you ass bags think that I'm going to sit here and bang on Jalen Hurts not having a good year a year ago because that's what some of the tools in Philly do because they got to kind of make their takes right. I'm not going to keep going over this because most of you need to be hitting the head with a brick. Players change takes. Carson Wentz got a hundred and some odd million dollar contract extension from Howie Roseman. So are you saying Howie Roseman contradict himself too? Isn't that a contradiction in its own self and backed up by money? Didn't Howie Roseman contradict himself with did, yes or no? Did Howie Roseman contradict himself with Carson Wentz as a player? Yes or no? You say that I contradict myself? How about your GM that you call the next coming of God when it comes to being GMs in, in, in the NFL? Did Howie Roseman contradict himself with Carson Wentz? Yes or no? Yes or no? Did he? I would think you gave a guy a contract extension. You made him the second highest paid player in the league. And then a year later, you blow him out. I don't know. That's contradicting yourselves to me. Did he not? Of course he did. There was a world contradiction. So is your GM. So is your GM. I'll give you another contradiction to Howie Roseman. Xander knows this because he was with me all last year. This time a year ago, June 19th, Howie Roseman had two first-round draft choices to go into this previous April draft for what? A D-tackle and an edge rusher? He went into this year's draft this time a year ago thinking he was going to get a quarterback because he wasn't sold on Hurts. That's a contradiction too. But what changed? The player's performance. Use some common sense, folks. Very simple. Your own GM contradicts himself every year with what direction they're going to go in building the team. Walking contradiction. Your general manager is a walking contradiction. Very simple. How he learns from his mistakes. Well, that's a nice way. Gene Cohn, that's a nice way of putting that he contradicts himself. Okay? Dan, your problem is you stayed absolutes. Never! <laughs> hey, don't worry, Xander says that too. It's just the way, I, it's the way Big Sills talk. It's called being an Italian. Okay, maybe you guys run into a few Italians in South Philly and in Philly. Okay? Maybe you, see, this is why I work here. You know why I work here? You know why I work here? Because I talk like you. 
how he didn't contradict himself at the time of signing Wentz. Wentz was a good quarterback, but then he fired him. That's a contradiction. Then he fired him. He didn't contradict himself, but two years later, he fired him. So he gave him $38 million. He had a $38 million cap hit. And that's not a contradiction? Wow, man. I, I, dude, I need, I need to go back to school because I, I got to learn. I got I to gotta learn. I got to learn what that means now. You gave a guy almost $40 million, and a year later, you fire him. Oh, you're probably right. That's not. Carson wanted out? Who wants out of a $40 million deal? Show me. It's not a contradiction. It's a mistake. So, again, Yale. Last year this time, Howie Roseman got two first-round draft choices to get a quarterback this year. Everyone knew it. Everyone knew it. Jalen's play changed it. That's not a mistake. That's course change. Guy's performance was better. He changed his strategy. The Eagle, you got to at least give me that. The Eagles changed strategy last year. Once they saw Hurts playing the way he was, they changed their strategy. Wow. Here, A, B, C, D. You know, the alphabet, it's pretty simple to follow. One, two, three, four, whatever what you want to use. You can use anything you want. You have to change strategy when you can. But why do you change strategy, Brian? Because players' performances go up and down. It's not a change and a contradiction. What you're doing is you're observing how the team is playing. Like here, I'll tell you, here's, here, here's not a contradiction. Jordan Davis, to me, is a good football player. Is he the 13th pick? Remember? And Xander was here when I said it. I had him at around 22. Do you remember? The kid from Washington, I wanted, I wanted the Eagles to draft because didn't they have three ones? They had three ones, right? I wanted them to take the kid, Lloyd, who starts, and the DB um, – from Washington, who starts in Kansas City. And I wanted him to take Jordan Davis at 22. I had all them, I think they had like 19 and something. And I, and, and I said, he's, he's either going to be, Xander was here. I said, he's either going to be Vince Wolfork or Fletcher Cox. He was here. I said those exact words. I like the pick. Okay, he's not a three-down guy yet. Jordan Davis is not a three-down guy yet, okay? He's a terrible pass rusher. He's, a, he's, a, he's not a very good pass rusher. He's got to work on him. Josh Sweat, hey, Josh Sweat got better. He got, he got better, okay? So what did, what did Howie do? He didn't get the performance he thought from Jordan Davis. He went right back in the draft at the def- defensive tackle position. So that would be like Xander and big Joe Krause doing this. Hey, let me hire a guy and we're going to call it the, 
American football show. <laughs> and it's going to be with Big Willie. <laughs> yeah. Big Willie and the American football show. And it's going to come on right before me. Damn. You hired a guy and you're calling it the American football show with Big Willie? <laughs> Man. Big Willie's got a show, not Big Sills. No, you still got the show. So you hired a guy to do my job for me right before me, doing the same shit I'm doing. Man. Damn, I'm mad at Big Willie. <laughs> hey, I, I don't want Big Willie. Why is Big Willie here? I don't want Big Willie. Xander hired Big Willie. Big Willie would co-host Anton. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, 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 hey, low blow, low blow. It's all good. I like the kid. He's from Connecticut, too. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, okay, Bob. Keep making that bullshit up. Xander was here, jackass. Receipts. Receipts. Never. <laughs> Didi, baby. How you doing? Bob Brown, who's that? Oh, my God. Yeah, hey, God rest him soul, man. What great offensive lineman passed away over the weekend. Eagle and Raider. Eagle and Raider. Yeah, okay, guys. Yeah, okay. Sure, right. The Big Sills preseason 2023 All-Pro team. We're going to hit on that next here, okay? But don't forget also, my boy G-Cop from Fox 29. I'll let you guys all pontificate on our number two coming up. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement. But would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk Champion? Really? 
<laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Thank you, Mama. Mama, go. Oh, mama. She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. You guys know who I am? The Bone Crusher, thank you. No, retired. I'm Russell Wilson. Guy's got videos now. Like Jane Fonda. This guy's walking around, showing the pipes. You know, like like workout shit. And I was like, man. So you got to convince me with workout videos that you're doing something in the offseason? That doesn't have dick with anything to do with football this year. Workout videos? You think workout videos is going to change people's opinion of your shit year from a year ago? Dog. That's called a bullshit artist. Now I know why people hate you. You're bullshitting people. When you're that guy, you don't need to show it. You're that guy because you are that guy. You show up to the Novacare Center. You do your work. You do your job. Dude, the greatest move in the history of the Philadelphia Eagles is the move they didn't make. And the lucky move that he 86 that deal, not coming to Philly, saved your franchise for the next decade. The Denver Broncos got a con artist as their quarterback. Videos? Video. He's resorting to videos to try to convince you that he's been working hard in the offseason. Welcome to the NFL, son. Everyone works hard. But this guy's a poser. Holy shit, what a con artist. I wouldn't believe a word that guy said. He's got a hot-ass wife. I'll tell you that. I'm with him. Good for him, man. You talk about dating a prom queen. You got it. Um, that's the greatest accomplishment you got. Hey, that's the best trophy you got in your house. <laughs> Is that wife of yours, man? It ain't the Lombardi trophy. It's her. No doubt about it. You are a bullshit artist. 
You think Jalen Hurts is, is the kind of guy that's going to put a, a workout video out where he's like, you know, sh- like th- th- they're dumb. Hey, I get you put out a video. You're showing that you're throwing to Devontae and you're throwing to AJ. And that's pretty cool shit. That's okay. That's cool. Shows that you're working in the off season. But just to show that you're like on a rubber band or like you're at like, like 24-hour fitness and you're doing all the 24-hour fitness shit, like you're Lindsey Vaughn getting ready for a downhill. <laughs> I'm going like, this guy's a bullshit artist, man. Because, you know, when you work, you work in a dungeon when the lights are not on you and no one's watching you and no one gives a shit about you and no one's get, expecting anything from you. And you're down in the laboratory working your ass off. Because you know why? I don't have to bullshit you. I'm going to beat you with hard work. Russell Wilson is a fraud. No wonder Pete Carroll hated him. Okay? No wonder he hated him. Guys out there talking to me, showing me videos. I saw that. I started laughing. They do more harm for your... Stability as a quarterback in the um, – uh, hey, my prediction, I had the Broncos in the playoffs, but after seeing this kind of shit, I wouldn't be shocked if Peyton – if Sean Payton benches him in week eight. Okay? Philly 4-4 goes, Sills, 30 for 30 this week, convicts versus Catholics. Did you play in that game? I saw your uh, understudies, Mark and Russell Maryland. No, 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 no. No, convicts versus the Catholics. That, that that's a good one. But Big Sill started that when we beat the living shit out of Notre Dame, fifty-seven to um, seven. No, no, excuse me. Was it fifty-seven-seven or fifty-seven-three? Something crazy like that. I think we beat them fifty-seven-seven. Beat them by fifty-one. Um, Fifty-seven. Yeah, we, I think we beat them by fifty-one points or some shit. Yeah, we we're running reverses on them. They were so bad. I said in the game, I said in the comments after to the media, Xander, you, Xander and I are both Catholic guys, went to Catholic schools. And Big Sills is like this. Yeah, touchdown Jesus took a knee today, baby. Oof, did I get killed for that one. Whoo, baby. Whoo. Touchdown Jesus took a knee today. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, yeah, no. No, no. Then we beat him another time, 20 to nothing. Then they had to, like, steal the game up at um, – that thing they have, that field they have up there, something. Notre Dame field? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Something up there. <laughs> I, we never had a – I think we beat – We, uh, so, you know what? Notre Dame is beneath me. They're, when we played against them, they were roadkill. They were like, you know, it's like roadkill. Anyway. Hey, you know it's 10 years James Gandolfini passed away today? 10 years, man. I'll get to my all-pro team. Don't forget Gary Cobb, bottom of the hour. So, does Carson Wentz get signed to a football team before camp or after camp? Okay? When did Sill say we wouldn't make the playoffs? March 13th. Go back and then after Howie doing the contract, I, I, I said I was wrong. Congratulations. You can Google. I know. Ten years, Gandolfini's gone. Does Wentz 
Does Wentz sign a contract before or after training camp? Who could use Carson Wentz right now? Carolina. The Dolphins. The Niners. The Niners and Carson Wentz with Kyle Shanahan. Hmm. The Niners. How about if Carson Wentz gets on that Niner team and plays against the Eagles in the NFC title game at Lincoln Financial? That would be something to watch. That would be the worst. That would be worth the price of admission. I say Seattle too, JM. I think he needs a coach like that. I do. Did Carson Wentz hire Dan as his agent or something? No, you just hate him because you think he completely sucked. He had a really great career to some extent in, in Philadelphia. Helped you win a Super Bowl. Finished second in the MVP. Is your all-time leading single-season touchdown and passing yardage champion. Had the most attempts and completions in the history of your franchise. I don't know. Once again, I think he's a candidate at the end of the day to be considered to your Hall of Fame. But he won't. But the only way he gets in, I said this last week, the only way he gets in is if when, if uh, Jalen Hurts sucks moving forward. It's the only way. If Jalen Hurts sucks moving forward, he will get in. Because then you'll go, oh, maybe he wasn't that bad after all. Because you, you thought the same of him after the first couple of years when he started in Philly as you do Hurts now. But I know you guys like to try to revise history. No, I didn't. I was really upset we drafted him in the second round. I thought he was the fourth pick. Really? Now you sound like Bill Polian lying. Well, we had a first grade raid on Tom Brady. No, you didn't. Nobody in their right mind would even remotely say you had a first round grade on Tom Brady. Only guy that tries to revise his history is Bill Polian and Eagle fans. Some of them. Some of them. Ray, Carson quit on us, period. And your general manager threw a football game. He threw a football game. If Wentz quit on you, let's be fair here. Your GM rigged the game. Your GM rigged that last game of the year three years ago. It was a complete, it was a complete tank job. That Nate Sudfeld. Who's that? <laughs> Nate Sudfeld? Yeah, we gotta take a look at him. <laughs> really? <laughs> Nate Sudfeld. You know, we wanted to get a look at everybody. Nate Sudfeld. Instead of playing Hurts. You got to look at Nate Sudfeld. Maybe he's the guy. So wait, how we wanted to take a look at Nate Sudfeld so they benched Hurts even. Okay. <laughs> hey, Howie was really sold on Jalen to take a look at Nate Sudfeld three years ago. Hey, 
You forgot about that, didn't you, Carl? Your GM rigging that game. Mm, you forgot about that. That's a good move to tank, though. Really. <laughs> it's a good move to sabotage your head coach and your football players. Yeah, that's a good move. Okay. That's why I'm so glad what Lovey Smith did to the Titans on the way out the door. He won that game. Instead of getting the number one overall pick, Lovey goes, I don't think so. He wins that game. <laughs> what a parting shot. Not that it mattered much. They ended up getting a quarterback, but they probably wanted Bryce Young. Throwing a game is frowned upon in Philly. Well, you did it. Doug and Carson was not a good era. Doug and Carson was not a good era? It won, you, you won two division titles, an NFC championship, and a Super Bowl. And you had an MVP candidate. And a guy break all your passing records. And that wasn't a good era? <clears throat> Fletcher Cox came out of that? Lane came out of that? Jesus, criminy. Yeah, and hey, and by the way, one of my favorite, hey, one of my favorite parting shots, though, I, it must really kill some of you that Chip Kelly left um, the offensive line coach behind as a golden nugget for you because he hired him. Okay? Stoutland is from Chip Kelly. You're welcome. And Stoutland is, is a Chip Kelly hire because you know why? Stoutland was the uh, interim coach at the University of Miami. How you doing? All right. Let me move on because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. People are starting to cry here a little bit. Can't, can't have it. I put together a list each and every single year. We do, a, we do an AP preseason NFL team. And a bunch of us put it out there. We get a ballot. We get like a – I think it's – I think it is um, – I think it'll be out in two weeks. There's a whole bunch of us from the Football Writers Association that we put out our preseason guys. And here's my preseason football team for 2023. Let's start with the offense. Right tackle. Lane Johnson, Eagles. Best right tackle I've seen in the National Football League in 10 years. Just spectacular. Not a flaw in his game. Um, it's, it's just a great football player. There's not much to say about him. Hall of Fame. By the way, there's a couple guys on this on this O-line that are going to be future Hall of Famers. I think there's – let me see. There's four of them that are going to make it to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Lane Johnson, right tackle. Zach Martin, right guard. Dallas Cowboys, best right guard that we've seen National Football League. Um, I got him at right guard, not left guard. Um, he, he's just a spectacular football player. But now, see, you can move these guys kind of around a little bit because they don't play the Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl game. So you can move guys so you can get another guy on the team as well. Um, I got Zach Martin. He's going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame too. I got Jason Kelsey. It was between him and the guy from Kansas City. I think the guy from Kansas City's pretty good as well. 
But Jason Kelsey's – if you do this, and I've said this to you guys before, um, name me a center that's gone into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in the last 20 years. Only guy I could think of is Kevin Mawai. Centers don't have a lot of names in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So he's going to be in a very elite group once he gets to Canton. Creed, yeah, Eagle, thank you. He's pretty good. Creed Humphrey, I think his name is. Okay. But Jason Kelsey's spectacular. He'll go down, in my opinion. He, he clearly, if you want to put top five offensive linemen in the history of the Philadelphia Eagle football team, Jason Kelsey goes in there. By the way, Lane Johnson goes in there as well. Joel Patano, Browns. He's becoming the new heir apparent to Zach Martin at the guard position. Heck of a ball player, man. Made all pro last year. I voted for him all pro. He he is a very, very good uh quite he's he's Saturday's not a Hall of Famer. He's right there on the perimeter. He may get in one day, Yale, but Jeff Saturday's not in the um the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I got Trent Williams at left tackle, 49ers. So three of the four guys, or excuse me, three of the five guys are going to Canton. Trent Williams, Jason Kelsey, Zach Martin, and Lane Johnson. That's quite a group. Four of the five preseason all-pro Big Sills guys are going to Canton. They're going to Canton. Trent Williams and Lane Johnson, man, <laughs> that's some good-looking tackles, man, to this all-pro team, preseason all-pro team. Tight end. I got Travis Kelsey. He's not a prototypical tight end, and guys, I've told you this before, my, my kind of tight ends are the guys in Baltimore and the one in Philly. I like those guys that can knock people off the ball and catch passes, but Goddard's hands are nowhere near Kelsey. The kid in Baltimore is a really good player. Kittle's a great player as well. Uh, but um, I just think Travis Kelsey is doing too much. Plus he's got Mahomes. I don't do fullbacks. You know, I, add, I do three wideouts. Dwight Stevenson was not in the last 20 years. He, I think he retired in 90, 90? I think he retired in 90. Um, I think it was 90. Okay. Um, I got A.J. Brown. I got A.J. Brown as one of my wide receivers all pro this year, preseason. He does such a – can I tell you where I think he lacks? Okay, here's where I think he lacks. When the play's not front side, when the play's not coming to him, he has a tendency to take that play off and it tips your hand, which means you can slide your defense. His, his mannerism, if, if the play's not coming to his play side – he doesn't run through the 
And that's why he even made the comment a couple months ago, he wants to be a more complete wideout. Being a more complete wideout, how many times did you see Randy Moss do this? How many times did you see Randy Moss go like this, right? Play's not coming his way. He'd just stand there. And it, it would just tip – his body language tipped off. You'd slide your defense because Randy Moss took plays off. Randy Moss took plays off. So I, I do like him, though. My other wide receiver, Devontae Adams, Raiders. Doesn't matter who's throwing him the ball. He puts up huge numbers. You know, hey, you know what's really crazy about this? Those, those two guys are second-round draft choices. Those guys were those guys were second round guys. Okay. They were second round guys. I'm gonna stop there and we'll reset this here because Gary Cobb's here. I want to talk to my friend Gary Cobb here. Gary, appreciate you coming aboard, my friend. I want to throw this at mm-hmm. the WIP here today. And I heard Dick Vermeil say this. And you and I kind of have been on the same page with this. And Vermeil was asked the question, hey, do you want him to run less? Vermeil goes, absolutely not. I do not want him to run less. Why would I want that part of his game to be taken from him? There are two sides to look at this, right? Because, I mean, Gary, you and I know this. He's not going to throw the ball like Herbert or Mahomes. That's Those guys aren't going to do what he does either. So True. why would you limit him in what he does? What, what, what's your take on what Coach Vermeil said? Well, the big thing is injuries. You know, that's the that's the thing about the running. You know, um, uh, you know, you you can't get him hurt. Uh, the thing you want him to do is you want him to be smart. Uh, you want him to run, uh, but you you don't you don't want him getting into all a bunch of collisions because once he gets what he can get, we don't need you carrying people into the end zone and big collisions and stuff. That's so he's got to be smart in that way, because if I was a team and I'm saying like, okay, if I'm in the Eagles division, I want him to run because he gets a shot and he's out. They're not the same team without him. So, you know, I I don't, I don't want him to run as much. I mean, I I want him to be smart. You know, that's the big thing is he's got to be smart, which is take what's there. Don't try to be Superman, you know, we don't need you carrying people and everything because a lot of times get the yardages there, then get on the round, ground. I want him to be, you know, uh, where, where he's running like Russell Wilson used to run, which is he was not taking on anybody. Get on the ground. You got enough. You got five yards, fine. We don't need to try to get another four or five yards and you, you're going to get hit and all that. We, we don't need that because the main thing we want you to do is um, – where you where you're playing the game where, you know, uh, just like when you're you're back there and you're throwing, you know, you're not trying to run over people and carry people. Uh, if if you're getting ready to get sacked, hey, you go ahead on down. We don't need you doing all that because we would rather have you healthy. That's more important to us than those two or three yards. We we don't care about it. So so he's got to be smart. So um, I want him to take what's there, but I, I, he's got to play smart because he can't afford to get hit. If Absolutely. You get hurt, you can't afford him getting hurt. Absolutely. Gary, why is Derek Barnett on this Eagle team? 
Uh, I, I think that uh, he's going to have a, ch- a challenge. You think you know, he makes the roster? Uh, it's going to be a challenge. It's not just a, a given. I don't think it's a given anymore that he's on. I mean, when I think about all the talent they have, you know, I, I don't think it's a given that he's here. I don't think so. Um, you know, I, I think he'll play in the he'll play somewhere in the league because he's good enough to be playing somewhere. But I don't, I don't, I don't think it's a given, you know, that he's here. The loss of Hardgrave, how much of an impact is that going to be felt? Well, you know, uh, <laughs> I was just reading something, so I guess I'm a little biased. But you know, Hardgrave wasn't the best guy against the run. Correct. Okay. Um, so I think. Uh, that he is he's an outstanding inside pass rusher. So I, I can't say that, you know, let's say Carter's going to step in and be as good of a pass rusher as he is, uh, even though I think Carter's going to be a good a pass rusher. And one-on-one with the guards in the NFL, he's going to give them a go, you know, because kid does a lot of things naturally where he's got a combination of power and speed, uh, and a lot of times he's going to be one-on-one. Uh, but I think Carter's better against the run. There's no doubt about it, I think. I, yeah, and I would say this to you. Yeah. Um, you know, they had such a good rotation. Would you consider bringing back either um, Linville Joseph or Dominican Sue? If you're Howie for depth, would you, uh, would think, you consider I, bringing one of those guys back? I, I think, you know, and from what I, what I guess, I, I would probably say Linville. He was the one that I think was the most effective and, um, so I think he would be the one you bring back. I, yeah, I could see where you consider that. Yes, I most definitely consider that. And, you know, you got a guy up there in the years, uh, but you know, you don't need him out there all the time. You can let him alternate. So I think that is definitely something that they, they will consider, uh, because, you know, I think he did a good job for them last year, no doubt about it. But, uh, and Linville, you know, and, and, you know, I don't, I don't know the guys that well, but I, it, it just seemed like Limbo was ready to yeah. play right away when he got here. Yeah, you know, it, it looked to me that it took a couple of weeks for Sue yeah. to get up to speed. And I thought Joseph was a little bit more conditioned yes. and ready to go. And you can actually play him on third down a little. I, th- I, th- yeah. I thought he really was a great addition to the team. I, I asked this question, Gary, Yeah, in the last hour, and I want to get this to you. You know, look, we, you and I know this. When you're, when, you, when you're drafting and you're, you're, you're building a roster, you're doing it to win your division, and then you're doing it to win your conference. Yes. But the Kansas City Chiefs right now are the team to beat. Andy Reid and him. Have yep. the Eagles done enough this offseason? They're going to play him again, and they may play him in a Super Bowl again. Yes, they Do could. you think they've done enough this offseason to beat them? Well... You know, I, I, I think that, um, you know, I think they, they could have beat them last year. You know, I mean, they could have beat them. But, you know, Mahomes just uh, didn't. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Enough to win the game, um, but I can't see where the Eagles are that much, you know, um, 
you know, were they that much better than they were last year? I couldn't say that. No, I couldn't say that. Uh, I, I would have to, you know, I mean, I think to say they're on the same level as last year because they did lose some good players, you know, and, um, you know, I, I talked before about the linebacker position. I can't say that I'm confident that they're going to play linebacker as well as they did last year. I couldn't say that right now. What you is know. the biggest challenge Nicobe Dean will have as he takes over the reins as a starting middle linebacker? I mean, that's, you know, you know, Gary, I don't think what people realize, not just, you know, playing middle linebacker, you got the green dot. You have to know everything. Yes. To me, it's almost like being the quarterback on the defense, mm-hmm. and you've got to know almost everyone's technique, everyone's philosophy, where you are on the field. You've got to have a playbook on the guys you're playing, all that stuff. Yes. But what's his biggest challenge, you think, as he steps into this role? Well, you know, swallowing all of that, I, you know, I think that, you know, from talking to him, the kid is very smart. Uh, he's football smart. He's a So bright- he'll be prepared. I think so. I think he'll be prepared. But still, even that, he hasn't he hasn't done it on the NFL level, though. He, he doesn't have the experience of having to deal with everything on the NFL level. And, I, you know, and I talked to him. I asked him a question about that in media um, when, when they had uh, media availability. And he, he answered. I asked him about the difference in the, the, the NFL offenses and the college offenses and how they attack you. And he gave a very good answer. And you can see that he has been, you know, even though he didn't play last year, He's watching everything. He's seeing what's going on. So he got a good year of, of watching and just soaking it all in, uh, being able to hear what was going on and everything. So so I, I think he'll be able to handle it, but it's still going to be a challenge because he hasn't had to deal with all the things, all the different offenses, the different quarterbacks. Uh, these quarterbacks, these are pro quarterbacks. These are not college guys. These guys are seasoned. Uh, they know what you're in. Uh, they they know uh, different things. If you could you could uh, you know try to disguise a coverage, different things like that, or a blitz if you're coming and everything. You know they're able to decipher a lot of things. Experienced quarterbacks, so that's who he's really competing with. Uh, the the other teams, uh, you know, offensive coordinator as well as, but mainly that quarterback. You know he's he's competing with them. So. He's got his work cut out for them. And then, you know, he's not very big. You know, he's, he's, not, he's not a big linebacker. He's undersized. So, uh, he, you know, but a lot of times if he uses his smarts where he studies the other team, a lot of times they come out, there's only four or five plays you know that they're getting ready to run. You got to know, have a good idea what those are. And then you got to be able to decipher which one it is and be there to make the play. And he's the kind of kid over years, I think he's going to be fine. This year is probably going to be his toughest year because it's the first year. But I can see he's smart. How about That's this? what's going to get him by. He's, he's a smart kid. You know, you know, Gary, in, in the building of the roster, in the building of the interior, I call it the triangle, the two tackles, and, and the middle linebacker, you think that's by design that they want to have two giant guys in there to protect Kobe Dean, because these 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 guys are 320 pounds a piece. Yes. One guy's 348 at times. Mm-hmm. And I don't care how big you are, you got a guy behind them that's maybe an undersized linebacker. Yes. Dude, if those guys are doing their job, 
it really doesn't matter how big you are back there because, again, guess what? I think he's going to be an improvement over TJ. I think he's going to be well, an you know, I, I think he's going to be an improvement here, Gary, maybe uh-huh. covering backs and now, maybe covering backs out of the backfield where uh-huh. TJ struggled at that. Well, you know, uh, now I will give TJ credit is, you know, he wasn't the fastest guy and everything, but he did a good job last year covering the backs, you know, because he, he knew, you know, two or three options, what route they were going to run, see, and he would know that because he was a student of the game to where he knew and had an idea when they came out in certain formation, he knew what the guys were going to do. Study the tape on guys, you know. You can't just make it a foot race. You got to be smart. In, uh, and so I think that uh, Nicobe, that he has those type of smarts, football smarts. Uh, he, he's definitely got that. So the whole thing is, you know, how he's going to do in his first year, I, clearly he's going to do better the longer he's there, you know. But um, – We'll see how he does in this first year and, and how quickly he's he's on top of everything um, because he I, I think he's going to be able to do it because he's a smart kid. And you're right. The size thing is not that big of a thing as long as you're a smart football player, you know. And, and, and I think he is, and that's the advantage he's going to have, which is you're a step ahead of the guy because you know what they're going to run and you're there, boom, to make the play. That's that's the difference, man. You you. You got to do your homework and preparation where every time they come out, you know, uh, you know, I would take back like in baseball where, you know, hey, look, this guy's getting ready to throw one or two pitches because, you know, the guy. And you might say, "Okay, well, I'm looking for this. I'm going to look for this pitch. If it's the other one, I just want to be able to hit it. Let's say if I have two strikes on me. But if he throws this pitch I'm waiting on, I'm going to hit it into. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to give you a silver air. Hey, and a lot of times, see, as a linebacker, you're doing the same thing. Oh, I see the formation they're in. I know what they like to run out of this. So I'm going to take a step over here for this one. I know this play they love to run. If they run the other one, I'll be all right. But if they run that one, I think they're going to run. I might pick that pass off or I'm going to make a a big play on that. You know what's funny, Gary? That's the way you play the game. You bring back a lot of things that, you know, the communication, and I want to talk about that next year. And a couple last questions here for you, Gary, because you're right. When you're playing next to an experienced guy, he's sitting, he's sitting, he's deep, he's deep. Right. Tight yep. splits, tight splits, yep. wide splits, wide splits. Yep. And you hear all that banner going up and down the line of scrimmage and guys behind me like you sitting there going like this. Strong set, strong set. Uh, then, then, then they make a move and they're going wide. That's right. they, they shift, 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 slide yep. three, slide three. Somebody going in motion, stuff like that. Yep. Are you concerned about that with communication with a lot of new faces in there? Well, there are going to be some mistakes, you know, especially the young guys, the linemen. Um, and the safety because, position. Yeah, and the safety position. Right. The safeties now, they got their work cut out for them because the safety position, a lot of times you got to be the one to make the adjustment. And if you got smart safeties, a lot of times, that, you know, the other team will start looking at, Cause they'll start calling out the play, <laughs> right? They'll start calling out the play. But you know, uh, it, it's, it's with the all of the passing and uh, with the things they ask a safety to do now, with the way that they uh, get guys in one-on-one situations uh, because of the way they spread everything out. You know, you need smart safeties, and you need good. You need some good people in there, especially you know at nickel and things. 
But the Eagles have very good people. They got some young safeties. They're going to have to step in. They're going to have to be on top of this. And, you know, when you mention that, see, that's another thing that puts more weight on the Kobe. Yeah. If you got veteran safeties, they're helping him. Yep. You got young safeties. He might have to be telling them, hey, look, man, be beware of this. Be aware you of got, that. Hey, Gary, you got young in front and behind you if you're Nakobe. Yeah, that's true. Now, you know, that that put more weight on him. Because, see, if, if you got experienced linemen around, and I'm telling you, you know, because I went through this too, hey, these guys are telling you stuff. This old guys around there, he's saying, look, man, I, I, I you know, he'll tell you, like, hey, we were studying the draw because they're looking at when they're running that draw. And he'll tell you, if they do this, they're getting ready to run that draw because he studied the tape. And some of the guys will see little things. The veteran guys, uh, they will have you ready. And I've had them numerous times. I'm playing with guys that are veteran guys, man. They'll tell you to play. They come out. They say they're getting ready to run that such such play. And boom. They, they're oh, my God. But, when, you, when you play with experienced guys like Ed Jones, man, yes, you're going to run off tackle, run off tackle. Man, if that thing doesn't come – Right at you. All right, Gary, last question here. Um, mm-hmm. It's 38 days to training camp. What are you as a player working on right now? Look, this is not the three-month training camp and all yeah. that other stuff. I mean, you do want to be in the max shape. I, I was telling them, I used to wake up in the middle of the night, Gary, 3 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock in the morning going, yeah. I don't know if I'm in shape, man. I got and I would go out and I'd run a mile hey, or some shit like I, that hey, because I know I what you say that wasn't in shape. I'd be at the gym at three thirty in the morning. Yeah, because I started panicking. I know what you're saying. See, now I, I would tell you know my wife. She would go, "What is it you're doing? What are you doing, baby? Hey, I gotta be in shape. <laughs> I don't, you know. Come on. So I would get up, you know, and make sure that I I'd be ready. I get up every morning and run, you know." Uh, you know, I didn't play games with that because I'm saying, look, I'm going to be in shape. I'm going to be able to run all day long because I love when somebody else is getting tired and I'm smiling at them. Because, look, I, you know, I'm not going to uh, deal with that. But you got to put in that work. And that's going to be the key. I mean, some of these young kids, those, those, those two young kids in the middle there, you know, with Davis and Carter, they got to come in here in great shape. You know, if they do. It's going to have a lot to do with the success of their season. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and of the team, because if they can come in here and be a force in the middle of that defense, both against the run and the pass, because they're going to get plenty coming from outside. Can they give them pass rush up the middle, which they had last year with Hargrave? If those kids can do that, I think that thing going to have, a, that thing going to have an outstanding season. Now, of course, We've talked about some of the things that are other issues, which is going to be how do the safeties play? How does N'Kobe Dean, how does he step in and he's, is, is he on top of everything? Does he do that early? You know, is he, is he playing like a veteran? And Deshaun yeah. side, what, hey, is he going to be hands-on or is he going to let the players play? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you're right. I mean, you, you make, you mentioned a whole nother issue. That's why the whole defense, how, how does he do what's, you know, how do they do? They're not coming back with the same people. So it, it's going to be very interesting to see how this thing turns out. I mean, they got personnel, but when you got uh, the, the, the thing is when the linebackers and the safeties, they make most of all the calls on defense. You know, uh, the, the, the veterans they have outside the corners, 
you know, those guys are going to be fine. But all the stuff inside, which a lot of things happen inside, we'll see how quickly those guys are on top of it. And, and are, are they giving up big plays? Are they getting big plays with, with, with passes across the middle and, and different things happening, whether it be runs and things? You know, how are they able to stay on top of where they're not giving up big plays? That's going to be very in- interesting, and we'll, we'll see how all that steps out because that's hey. going to have a lot to do with how, what kind of season they have. So look at this here. Philly 500 says he used to call G. Cobb when he was on his radio show and I, when he was a teenager, and he used to stick up for Randall Cunningham. Yeah. What's that? Used to stick up. What What were they giving Randall shit on? Well, that you know. Um, was that when John Gruden tried to put guardrails on him? Yeah, they tried to put guardrails on him, and um, this was after, you know, Randall was there for a while. You know, of course, Randall ended up leaving here. Uh, but um, Had you know, some the whole great thing, ball up in Minnesota, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, he had, he had, he had some great, great run up there. And really, he got to where he was comfortable playing the game from the pocket. And that's what I really regret, that Randall didn't have somebody that emphasized that part of the game to him. Because he was always able to take off when it came to running and, and do great things there. But is Randall better than Jalen Hurts? Is he better? Well, you know, Jalen is, is, is ahead of Can Randall. Can you imagine right? if Randall had this talent? I tell you. <laughs> the, the thing, the thing about Randall though, he did not mature completely in his game, oh. really until he got to Minnesota, where he played the game from the pocket. Okay, uh, you know, but uh, so that's why I have to say that Jalen, because man, Jalen's only twenty four, for him to have taken a team to the Super Bowl, been the MVP, uh, you know, almost MVP in the league and everything, I have to say he's ahead of Randall from where wow. Randall. Wow. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah. So you you think that Jalen Hurts is ahead of Randall yes. Cunningham yes. at this particular time? Yes, what is he? Both the careers. <clears throat> Randall did a ton. Yes, he now, did. He had Keith Jackson and Byers, so he yeah. did have some offensive people. And, and, the old line wasn't great. Yeah. But I mean, Gary, so that's quite a compliment, man. You think Jalen Hurts right now yes. is ahead of Randall Cunningham well, in the progress? I look at the year he had last year. Huh. Uh, now Randall had some years like this where, uh, uh, like you know, uh, you know MVP level, uh, yeah, type of year, yes. But I'd have to say because of the way, you know, uh, you know Jalen threw the ball, took care of the ball. He did not turn the ball over very much. He ran the ball, uh, you know. And Randall had years like that where he did all of those things too. Uh, but uh, his his ability to throw from the pocket and everything, uh, it's close. You know, it's close, but I've had to say uh, Jalen with the fact, what is he, 24, 25 years 24. old? 24 years old from that standpoint. I mean, because uh, at 24 years old, man, Randall, um, I, I'd have to give the nod to him. Say he, he might be a little bit ahead of him. Yeah. Wow, that's a great compliment to yeah. Jalen Hurts from mm-hmm. you because I know how much you really love Randall Cunningham. It's no shame. Hey, it's no shade on him either. It's yeah. just we're talking about really two really great quarterbacks here. That's right. And, and see, you just think he's just a little ahead of them. Yeah, I would say so because they really started pushing Randall, uh, you know, after really probably after he left here because he wasn't being pushed as much to just play the game from the pocket. Well, you know? You, know, you know what he had? He had Brian Billick as an offensive coordinator up there. Yes. And he had Denny Green as his head coach. 
So maybe at the end of the day, he didn't get the offensive coaching in Philadelphia that he got in Minnesota because I look agree. at Dennis Green and Brian yeah. Billick being the OC. Billick would go on to Baltimore and win a Super Bowl. Yep. I would have to say he didn't – now, he didn't have that type of push here uh, from a coaching standpoint. Uh, he, you know, he didn't have that type of push here where they were pushing him to perfect his game from the pocket, you know, and don't be relying on his legs, you know. Uh, he would he would he would utilize those legs a lot uh, until he got up to the Minnesota. He really be, got to the point where you know you got Randy Moss and Chris Carter to throw the ball to. Yeah, You're throwing the ball to two Hall of Fame. And they had a kid named Reed up there too, and they had and Robert they had a, Smith. They had Reed, and you think about well that one year, which I, I thought they were going to make the Super Bowl, but they were fifty yeah, one. one. Just when they're just carving up the whole NFL, yeah. you know. So he he had some great years up there. Robert but he really Smith. got to the point where, you know, he could play their game solely from the pocket. Robert Smith was up there, too, with him. You're right. Robert Smith. That was that was a great team, man. That they was... were 15-1, and I think they got beat in the NFC title game by Atlanta. That's right. Yep. And, and uh, a game which, you know, uh, I think the field goal kicker kind of uh, let them down there. Yeah. Those field goal kickers. <laughs> they're, they're not football players. Hey. <laughs> Field goal kickers and punters are not field are not football players. They're skilled guys. They're they're timeout machines for the yeah. cash register. They're not football players. Well, if you I know don't that tackle um, and hit, and you wear a size nine foot. You're not a football player. <laughs> you know the uh, uh, I've had some. You know, hey Gary, you got a size nine foot. You're not a football player. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Those guys. Uh, I've seen some kickers where. Well, the kicker missed a big kick, and the guys don't want to let him on the bus. They don't, they don't want to let him get on the plane and stuff, man. They're going like, come on, man, we're a team. We got. We had a guy in Tampa named Iggy, man. He used to when he missed a field goal, we'd look at him and go like this: "What are you doing, man? The kitty bus is back there." <laughs> hey, Gary, we got a roll. Thank you, my friend. All right, hey, have a good one. You got it, man. Gary Cobb with some great kudos to Jalen Hurts. We will reset the big sales, two thousand twenty-three. Preseason All-Pro team, we come back out of the timeout. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods.
and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Make sense! LeBron James or Tom Brady? Who's more accomplished in their sport? Nah, it's Brady. It's a slam dunk. Brady and Tiger. Brady and Tiger. Who's done more? Who dominated their sport more? Brady or Tiger? Who's revered more? Shit, man. Dude, I didn't even know the U.S. Open was on this week. Until until I, I, I accidentally... Tuned it on and there the U.S. Open was. And I watched it this weekend, especially Saturday and Sunday. But um, Tiger? Or is it Brady and Jordan? Brady and Jordan. Brady, Brady and Jordan. Number one, MJ. Number two, Tiger. Number three, Brady. That's, that's Xander. Tom Brady's got more championships than Michael Jordan does. He's got seven and did it on two different teams. He's the all-time, he's arguably the greatest player in the hit. Well, so is Jordan. See, Jordan just sold, hey, you see Jordan just sold his, his, his Charlotte Hornets for $3 billion. He bought the damn thing for $180 million. Jordan, I mean, Jordan's worth like $7 billion. It's incredible what he's done as a businessman. But as a basketball man, he sucks. Michael Jordan will go down as one of the worst owners, not anything character-wise, but one of the worst owners in the history of the NBA. I mean, they were atrocious. Who would have ever thought that the greatest coach of all time and the greatest player of all time would turn out to be the worst executive of all time and the worst owner of all time. I mean, Phil Jackson was asked to run the Knicks. He was terrible. Michael Jordan was the greatest player in the history of the sport. He was awful as an owner. Awful. I wonder, I, I, I do. You know what? I could see one day LeBron James owning the Cavaliers. 
and buying it from Gilbert. I could see him doing that and going back and running that team where he was born in that area there and running the Cavaliers. I, 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 I totally could see that. You imagine if, if LeBron had done that with no success whatsoever, they would be holding that against his legacy. Well, he was a terrible owner. That has nothing to do with Michael Jordan, the player. Michael Jordan, a businessman? Hey, wait a minute. There's two ways of looking at this now. Michael Jordan as an owner is terrible. Wait a minute. He just, Sills, did you just not say he sold it for $3 billion and he bought the thing for less than $200 million? Yeah, I did. Explain to me how that's bad business. <laughs> I'm missing that one. <laughs> well, no, he was a bad basketball. Oh, okay. Well, we're talking that. We're good. You know, Sills, Jerry Jones is a bad football guy, but he ain't a bad business guy. He bought the Cowboys for $154 million. The things were $10 billion. He's a bad business guy? You're going to have to run that one by me, too. <clears throat> okay? Now, Neil, Neil makes the point here. The reason that Jordan wasn't a very good basketball owner when it came to the floor was he's a control freak. Control freaks can't give up power. They can't. It's not in them. It's an innate inability to trust others and how you see the game. You see, Michael Jordan believes that players win championships, not organizations. He thinks it's up to the players. Where in actual fact, Howie Roseman is the most important person in the Philadelphia Eagle organization. It's not a coach. Every single, and I, and I brought this up to you numerous times, every single one of your coaches have been replaceable. Every one of them under Jeffrey Lurie have been replaceable. Doug Peterson, Chip Kelly, Andy Reid, all these guys. Nick Sirianni's replaceable. They're all replaceable. They're not the important part here because the culture in the building that the owner and the GM set is how the Eagles have won and dominated the Cowboys in the NFC East. They make right hires. Hey, you know what thing you can never get me to say here? Well, I'll tell you what, the Eagles really have some bad hires. Chip Kelly was a bad hire. Well, he did give you Jeff Stoutland. He did give you Lane Johnson. He did have a winning record as an Eagle head coach. May not have been exactly what you wanted. It still wasn't awful. There's still some golden nuggets that that guy left behind. See, you guys look at Chip Kelly and go, train wreck. Well, probably because he got rid of some of your favorite faces. But at the end of the day, it's not about your favorite faces. It's about winning. Were there bad personnel decisions, the shady shit and all that? Yes. Did he think he could run 85 plays in an NFL game? Stupid. Because he never looked at the defensive side of that. You wore your defense out, dude. It's like a mash unit after a while. He just didn't understand the formula of playing in the NFL and coaching in the NFL. And plus, you could kick people's asses. And you don't have to be patient. Xander will hate this. Nick Saban doesn't have to be patient with players at Alabama. Guy's not getting it done. You know, they don't have depth charts any longer at Alabama. They have play charts. 
Because you don't you look up, you see yourself on the third team. I'm in the transfer portal. Nick plays all his guys. So does Kirby at Georgia. They play all their dudes. Because you got to recruit your own guys you recruit and give scholarships to. It's it's easier for Nick to quit on Jalen Hurts. Why? He's not paying him, and he's got Tug of Viola and Mac Jones behind him. Think of that. You're not getting it done. I'm not going to wait around past Vanderbilt for you to figure it out. I don't have to. In the NFL, you don't have that. That's why you got to eat some of these guys like Derek Barnett, and you got to eat some of these quarterbacks when you draft them like Baker Mayfield. You got to sit there and die in the vine with some of these guys because you don't have 18 guys deep like you do at Alabama. Like I told you, Saban, Saban, Saban didn't coach him long enough. He didn't have to, though. They won a national title. They won. It's not important for Nick to prepare you for the NFL. Same with Kirby. That's why when you look at, and you know, we've hit on this. That's why when you look at the Georgia roster in the NFL, like an all-pro, by the way, I'll do this at the top of the hour. I want to reset it. Um, All-pro Georgia. Okay, Roquan. There's one, there's like two Bama guys. I mean, they're great in college. They're good players in the end. I'm not saying they're not. They put a ton of players in. But like, you know, impactful? We'll see. We'll see here. Uh, he, didn't, he doesn't have to coach you. You're not getting it done, kid? I got a kid right behind you who's a five-star kid too. You know, it used to be like us at Miami or, you know, Florida State. You got five guys deep that were five-star kids. Shit, I had two Hall of Famers behind me. Dude, you, you better play. A.J. McCarron. Dude, he's still winging it around. Great-looking chick, too. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right, I want to reset. I want to I want to reset my my all pro team. I'm going to do that here in a couple minutes. Also, my four most underrated Eagle players. We are 38 days from the start of training camp. I want to reset. Hit the like button. Power hour number three coming up. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. 
It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, go bird. and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready, all right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mama. Mama, go up, mama! She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Stefan Diggs wants to be part of the play calling now. Jesus Grimini. Know your role, kid. I get you restructured your contract because you thought you were going to get DeAndre Hopkins in the building. Know your role, kid. You're a wide receiver. Who the hell are you? This is why Minnesota dumped your ass. Got sick of you. You're whining and crying. Look, this is why I can't play quarterback because that's a quarterback's responsibility to have to fall on the sword for turds like that. Hey, this is my fault. Better communication. Way to go, Josh, I guess. I told I told Ken Dorsey I'd go. I fell on the sword for that tool. Me, on the other hand, I would never have done that. I would have said he's a big mouth who can't keep his mouth shut. Why don't you make some plays in the Bengal game too, guy? Worry about catching passes. Worrying about helping us get, hey, get this. Minnesota's like, hey, that's the guy that we had. We hate him. We have our guy, Justin Jefferson. Who do you think they're happy with? Who do you think, hey, remember, hey, he used to bitch about Kirk Cousins. Kirk can't get me the ball. You need to do I don't know about you, but the guy that's there now is on pace for all-time records in the history of the league. Kirk Cousins is doing that guy a solid. Kirk Cousins is going to get a contract extension because Justin Jefferson is succeeding with him. Why would you move off of him? You wouldn't. 
You're he, hey, he's not a fifty-five million dollar guy. You're gonna get a great. He's one in twelve games a year. The receiver is an all-timer. Why would you move off that? What do you want to be? The idiotic Niners? And move off a guy who's 44 or 48 and 19 to go with no play Trey. Or the greatness of Sam Darnold. Tell me how that makes sense. Yeah, the Vikings better move off of Kirk Cousins. Yeah, act like the Niners. Okay? No play Trey. And Sam Darnold are your options right now. Sam Darnold. Sounds like the Niners have a plan there going on in San Francisco. Hey, you talk about totally shitting the bed and not taking advantage of what the Eagles are taking advantage of in Philadelphia with their quarterback. They got everything right in San Francisco, except they're a chicken without without a head out there. They're running around in circles. They get to the game. Bang. Christian McCaffrey. Ends the season for you as a signal caller. (laughs) Last chance, Lance. Holy cow. Like I told you, man, it should be chicken wing night at the link when when, uh, Brock Turdy shows up. Hassan sauce. Extra hot. (laughs) Little Hassan sauce. Because you know Kyle's known for protecting his quarterbacks. He's wonderful at it. Yeah. Okay. Hey, real quick before I reset here, and I want—I—I I, I have to get to this. And look, you know how much I love college football, so SDSU is trying to get into the Pac-12. The Pac-12. Don't hey, if the Pac-12 was recruiting me today, knowing that USC and UCLA are leaving, and it looks like Arizona, Arizona's leaving too for the Big 12. Don't call me. I don't want to play at any one of those programs out there because I'll be on in the middle of the night. No one will see me. I'll have no exposure for the NFL. I'll get the worst coaching on the planet. Don't call me to play in the Pac-12. I have no interest in it. I'd rather play at a lesser program on the East Coast and be on TV every week than no one watch me ever. I would never would want to play. Larry Smith destroyed that thing. Destroyed the Pac-12. SDSU, congratulations. You're going to join a conference no one watches. You're going you're gonna to join a conference no one watches. And every kid on the planet now who is in the Los Angeles area or in California wants to play in the Southeastern Conference. Why in the world would I even want to play in the Big Ten? My God. Hey, let's – hey, hey, Xander, one thing's for sure about the SEC. An atomic bomb could hit America. There's SEC football this fall. Okay, there's SEC football. There could be the biggest invasion in the history of America. There's SEC football. You get a foot fungus epidemic in the Big Ten, they'll shut the whole thing down. (laughs) Um, I have no interest in any of that. I play on Sundays. Well, we only have we have we have a scholarship offer for all. I'll take it. Yeah, but you're at Michigan State. I don't care. I'll take it. I'll even play for Dumbo Fisher at College Station for Texas A&M. I'll take it. I'll take it. And one last thing. I told you this. Nick's on the hill this week. You know what he's doing? He's moaning and crying about nil. You know why? 
This is what you got going on now. Yeah, boy. Get some Texas money here. Yes, sir. How much is it going to cost you to go to Texas A&M? Takes a tick. How much you need here soon? This is Johnny Bob Shit Kicker. I got about 17 oil derricks out there in West Texas. And I'm going to pay you what you need. Call a million bucks. I'll care what you need. Some of them nice old cowgirls, you know what I'm saying, boy. Yes, sir, I do. <laughs> What's this going to cost, Sugar Daddy, Sugar Daddy Sills? Cool million, cool, cool million, Sugar Daddy. Sugar Daddy Sills, going to cost you a cool million. All right, boy. You go over to the old Seven Gun Saloon. <laughs> You go to the Seven Gun Saloon. Sir, I went in there the other day. There were a lot of poles in there. Yeah, I own about eight of them. I own them things, and I own oil derricks in West Texas. How you doing? How much money you need to come to play at Texas? Fine old girls here in Austin. Shit, he's in Alabama. What do you, hey, 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 man, you bet, you bet, and now you, you better start kicking them you better start kicking that money up. Oh, Nick now is getting out recruited by Kirby. Because Kirby got some of that Atlanta money. <laughs> he got some of that Atlanta money going on now. Shit, Xander knows. Tuscaloosa's got money. <laughs> Birmingham, man. I'll tell you what. They make great ribs, man, in oil, bar- oil barrels. I've had them. Fantastic. But I'm not sure that's going to cut it anymore. Especially when you got all that money out there. This is Sugar Daddy Seals. What you need, boy? Man, I would be a terror today. If I was being recruited today, holy shit, I'm going to the highest bidder. <laughs> oh, I don't care where it is. Hey, but you, I, Big Seals would be doing this. Hey, but I got sold. <laughs> sold. And there's a pizzeria, the Big Seals Pizzeria, coming to a city near you. I got it in Miami, Fort, Fort Lauderdale, down in Key Biscayne, up there in the Panhandle, Pensacola. You bet, baby. Oh, and if I want, I'll pull one up near Jupiter. How you doing? Want to check that one out there. I'll have a couple honeys check that out. <laughs> How you doing? Sugar Daddy Sills. You better get on this, man. Yeah, he's on the hill crying about making $12, $13 million a year on the backs of kids who don't make shit. And he's like, we got to do something about this. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> you think, Nick? You think? <laughs> yeah. All right. We kind of broached it a little bit here. Okay. We kind of mentioned it a little bit here today, but I want to go back and reset. I put a um, AP preseason all pro team together along with about 38 guys from the football writers association as well, as well. And we put a team out there and I did pick Lane Johnson, Zach Martin, Jason Kelsey, Joe Patano from the Browns, and Trent Williams as my offensive lineman. Travis Kelsey was my tight end. A.J. Brown from the Eagles. 
Will any receiver in the era be better than Steve Largent? What era? There's 10 now better than him. Steve Largent is in the same conversation with, what's that guy from the Raiders? The guy who won the Heisman, Brown. Useless yards. I got A.J. Brown, Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson. Those are my tight ends and wide receivers. I got Derrick Henry as my running back and Patrick Mahomes. The best quarterback. Wait, I'll say we'll do it again. The best quarterback in the National Football League, Patrick Mahomes. That's your offense. Now, here's your defense. I like this defense, too. Any receiver? Kind of an off-ball question, but Steve Largent was, was, was a good player. Steve Largent was kind of like Marvin Harrison, kind of like that kind of guy. I see Devontae, that guy. Okay. Here is my defense for the preseason Big Sills All-Pro team. At strong safety, Derwin Effin James. Whew. This guy brings the wood. I love this guy. Chargers. He's an FSU dude, but man, he's good. Cam Chancellor type guy. Knock people out. Man, I'd love to have that guy on my defense. That's a guy, he stands over people and makes sure snot bubbles are coming out. That guy is a great player, man. I, he's one of my absolute favorite players that plays defense in the NFL. Free safety. Minka Fitzpatrick, Steelers, excellent ball player. Outstanding. Okay. Outstanding football player. Well coached. Mike Tomlin loves him. Understands technique. Plays angles so well, man. He's such a good football player. He's such a good player. Cornerback. Sauce Gardner. Let me think of this. Has there been a better cornerback come out of college? Well, the kid on the other side, Patrick Sertain. He's a really good-looking football player, too, man. You know what? Look up, look how young my corners are here on my defense. Sauce Gardner and Patrick Sertain. Dude, these guys could run that, that position for the next 10 years. I mean, God, they're good. And I thought Gardner was a good prospect coming out of Cincinnati. I did not see him like this. He is some ball player, man. And Sertain, Patrick Sertain, man, he was a great – hey, by the way, this is the guy the Cowboys actually wanted, and then they fell into Michael Parsons. Um, they wanted him. Then the Broncos ended up getting him. So he's, he's, he's a great-looking football player. Watch out, Dan. You didn't pick Jalen. Why would I? He's not better than – he's not better than Mahomes. Got to beat him. (laughs) 
and you got to beat them in the game. You just can't put your name on the test. Hey, I had a really good game again. Hey, don't, don't you like that? So certain fans go like this. Hey, you know, Jalen really played great. He lost. Yeah, buddy. He, he was great in the game. He lost. You, you don't, you don't, you don't, this is not a bell curve. There's no bell curve in sports. Costly fun. Like it. <laughs> Xander brings up the fumble, which I don't kill him on. But you can't, you, you look, you can't have three, three and outs in the second half, and you can't fumble and beat Mahomes. You needed to play perfect, and you were the better team, and you still couldn't close it. You had a better team than McNabb had against the Patriots. Do you understand that, right? He did give Mahomes a scoop. It was a scoop and score. Absolutely. Football is not a one-man sport. I'm sure you know that now, Big Sales. Slasher, really? It's it's not a one-man sport. So then you're saying that he doesn't get credit for leading the team to the Super Bowl. You go by individual accomplishments. That's why I tell you the guy in Baltimore has done more, and he's only a year older. And yet you guys think he's better than Lamar. Lamar's 25. Consensus MVP, unanimous MVP. First team all pro over Mahomes. You understand that, right? (laughs) Unanimous over Brady and Mahomes. You understand this, correct? This is not beating out Geno Smith and Dak. Like like, like I said to you the other day about Jalen's journey in the NFC. You take Jalen Hurts out of the conversation. Who's the best quarterback in the NFC? Let me think. <laughs> Dak? Matthew Stafford? Kirk Cousins? Geno Smith? Whew, man. <laughs> I mean, this is an all-time list here. Holy shit. You go over to the AFC. I mean, dude. It's going to be, one more time, it's going to be harder to win the AFC than the Super Bowl this year. It'll be harder to win the AFC. Like the AFC title game will be a better game than the Super Bowl. Yeah. They're just better teams. This is one of the reasons why I told you when Russell Wilson came over from the NFC. Wilson comes over from the NFC, goes into the AFC. A little different in the AFC West, isn't it there, kid? <laughs> a little different, isn't it? <laughs> AFC got some football teams in there. Some coaches. Oh, all of a sudden, you know, hey, he's running, he's running around like Hertz is in the NFC, going against uh Dimes Jones and Tyler Heineke and Cooper Rush. And and Mahomes has to play Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, and Lamar Jackson in consecutive weeks. I don't know. It's like Alabama playing LSU, Texas A&M, and Georgia in consecutive weeks. I don't know. <laughs> well, you're, you're in the Big Ten. You play Rutgers, Maryland, 
in Illinois. I don't know. <laughs> I just no, it's just big sills here. Here are the linebackers. I disagree with who who's the guy that's not the Jet guy? John McMullen. I think Roquan Smith's a good ball player. I think the Bears don't know what they're doing. John's saying this. So they gave up on him. Then they went and signed $100 million worth of contracts in Chicago. Whoever, who, who is under the notion that anyone thinks that Chicago knows what they're doing? Does anyone think that anyone in Chicago knows what they're doing right now and running that team? That franchise has been running to the ground. So when you get rid of a guy and you trade him to the Ravens and they pay him $20 million a year, Okay, and then they turn around and sign $100 million worth of linebackers in Chicago. When you need help for your quarterback, don't ever tell me anyone in Chicago knows what they're doing. Okay? Where in the world would Chicago know what they're doing? You had Jalen Carter in your, in, your, in your grasp. You didn't want to draft him. Why? Well, you know, the character thing. So you take an old lineman guy that you're not sure of. Okay. At least you're doing something right protecting your quarterback. But he also needs weapons. Okay? And what's his name? Claypool? <laughs> you don't have Patrick Mahomes in Chicago, son. Dude. Matt Eberflus? Is that it? You got a defensive coach in Chicago, again, coaching that team. And a quarterback you have to develop. Justin Fields has no chance of success. And when I first got to this network, I said everyone was going like this, including the Jet guy, who runs a 4-5. Great. (laughs) Great. Great. Runs a 4-5. Oh, yeah. I guess so. And Tom Brady and Peyton Manning can't jump over a stack of quarters. I wouldn't constitute those guys as being decathlon or decathlete athletes, <laughs> okay? Or, or like Trey Lance, who's thrown 413 passes since 2016. Come on, man. <laughs> Bears need a quarterback? Hey, Bard, when's the last time they had a quarterback? 1957? <laughs> I mean, the greatness of Rex Grossman? Okay, Jim McMahon, Jesus, man. What, what, what? Jay Cutler, oh, there's a winner. Holy cow, the most hated guy in the history of the National Football League, Jay Cutler. <laughs> the Bears. Man, you talk about a starving fan base. That fan base is like Philadelphia. They just want to root for something. But there's nothing to root for. At least in Philly, you root for success every year. And you kind of got high expectations. Like we said last week, let me let me finish my list here. I got Fred Warner from the Niners. Uh, those are my two. Roquan Smith and Fred Warner. Those are my two backers. Here's my defensive front. I'm playing a five front. I got Boza and Miles Garrett as my edge rushers. That kid in Dallas is never going to make an all-pro team for me. I don't care. I don't think he's... I think he's overrated. I think he's a good player, but I think he's overhyped. Oh, wait a minute. Let me, I'll take that back. I don't think that Micah Parsons is overrated. I think he's overhyped. 
He's an overhyped guy. I can't tell you how many games I've watched a guy and I'm like, is he active? I mean, when you're, when you're called the next LT, you better be making impact plays, even in losses. When I watched Lawrence Taylor play every Sunday, he killed everyone. It really didn't matter what the score was. I mean, he killed everyone, and most notably, Eagles and Redskin quarterbacks. He killed them. Didn't matter what the scores were. Those guys took a beating. I watched Michael Parsons. Yeah, I had the flu in my, you know, my throat. <laughs> Dude, you're a little bit of a gimp. Don't make excuses for failure. Go out there and do it. Okay. I never, yeah, okay, JM. There you go. That, JM's one of my favorite people saying he's the next Lawrence Taylor. You will never hear me compare anyone to LT. That is an absolute lie ever. Ever will I compare anybody to LT. Ever. There is no comparison. Just in case you need to keep score, no one is comparable to Reggie White and Lawrence Taylor, ever. You will never see two players, JM, like those two guys, ever. Am I clear? Just want to be clear here. Because may maybe, maybe you misunderstood. Because I, I, I know sometimes I talk fast because, you know, I'm from the Northeast and shit and just in case, you know. And I, and I know some of you Philly guys, you kind of listen to what you want to hear. Then you kind of put it around. You said it! I said, listen, there'll never be another Reggie White. Okay? Never be another Reggie. You'll never see someone pick up Chris Carter and throw him into Warren Moon. <laughs> uh, uh, that ain't going to happen. Most dominant player I've ever seen. Those two guys, man, you could really hey, watch this. If we were, we if we were, Jody Mack doesn't respect LT. Yeah, because he's a Jet guy. Remember what I told you, and Xander knows this as well as I do. The two most famous Jets of all time are Fireman Ed and Joe Namath. <laughs> Fire now maybe Aaron Rodgers. We'll see what he does, but Fireman Ed. And Joe Namath are the two most famous Jets. Fireman Ed hits himself in the head. Like the team and the franchise. They hit themselves in the head every year. <laughs> okay? Hey, you know, Fireman Ed, give it to me. <laughs> uh <laughs> So hey, here here here's my here's my front four, here's my front five actually. I got Dexter Lawrence, Giants nose tackle. I got Aaron Donald, DT, Rams. I got Chris Jones, who handled Jason Kelsey in the Super Bowl in the second half. Mm, how you doing? He, you know he was better than I thought. The world famous butt fumble. Yes, Fireman Ed. Are you kidding me? 
Fireman Ed is more famous than Curtis Martin. Shit. Fireman Ed? He's legendary. Ask any Jet fan. Curtis was a good player. He never delivered anything. Fireman Ed's our guy, though. Miles Garrett and Nick Boza. So here's our defense. Derwin James. Minka Fitzpatrick. Sauce Gardner. Patrick Sertain. Roquan Smith. Fred Warner. Dexter Lawrence. Aaron Donald. Chris Jones. Miles Garrett. Nick Boza. Those are your guys on your defense. And there's your all-pro team, preseason-wise. The Big Sills preseason. All-pro team. How many Eagles are on this? All on offense, of course. Lane, Kelsey, and A.J. Brown. You got three. Anybody else with more than three? Chiefs have two. Cowboys have one. Niners have three. The Niners have three. And Trent Williams, Trent Williams is going to the he's going to the Hall of Fame, like I said. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> That's a nasty D, man. That's a nasty D. I'll say this to you about this upcoming season. And you can mark the tape. You can mark the tape. If Jalen Hurts plays like he did last year with this schedule, then you start to consider him to be an elite guy. I think he plays in a lesser conference. I think some of those numbers are a little bit blown up. If here, here, and follow me here. If I play against some of the worst teams on the planet, and I have high numbers and big numbers, but then I get into a game where I need you to play well. And he did play well in the Super Bowl. He was great in the Super Bowl. He was. He was fantastic. Love to hear my second team. Let me work. Hey, I'll work on that. Yeah, no, start to consider. Yeah, because I I don't consider one year elite. I think you rushed to pay him. I don't think there would have been a problem waiting to pay him. You rushed to pay once? How'd that pan out? Hey, and get this, if I would have had to pay him $60 million and he puts two Super Bowl appearances back-to-back, I don't have a problem doing that. Why would I have had a problem paying him $60 million next year or a year if he takes me to another Super Bowl? Why would I have a problem with that? You're paying a guy $50 million on a one-year, on a one-year deal. And really, quite frankly on a one-season deal that is in a style that you don't know how long is going to last. Was he great? Yes, sir. Was the NFC poor? Not the – hey, and, and, and 
What I've said in the past about this topic, that's not the Eagles' problem that the NFC blows. That That's not their problem. Hey, because those guys aren't good, why should that, why should that be held against Jalen? That's why he's being paid it. That's why he's being paid. No Jalen Ramsey? Jalen Ramsey had more deep passes completed against him last year than any corner in the league. And I don't think he's the same guy. Tony says, I think the organization sees a lot more than you. All right. Like, how could you, though? Tony, how could you see more off of one year? Okay, he's a good guy. I like him. He works hard. Don't you want to pay for consistency? If you're paying $50 million, don't you want to pay for knowing he can do it again? Look, at, here, here's why Mahomes' contract is going to get redone. They took the greatest deep threat in the history of the National Football League away from him. And he threw for more yards and more touchdowns than anyone in NFL history. And he beat you. That's why that guy gets paid. It's going to be interesting to see what Joe Burrow's contract looks like and how they structure that contract, especially with zipper wallet Mike Brown. Are they going to be able to keep Jamar Chase and T. Higgins around? Shit, they're asking Joe Mixon to take a pay cut now. Why should he? He's been a productive back for them. What, what should he take? They need a tight end. They've improved their old line. Duke Tobin's done a nice job of bringing some talent in there. But the one thing that the Bengals don't do is what? They don't pay. Same thing with Justin Herbert with, with the Spanos family. You think the Spanos family is going to come out with this psychotic deal? Where Hey, I guarantee you, if the Spanos family could get away with it, Justin Herbert's contract will be 50 cents more than Jalen Hurts' contract and not near the money and guarantees that Hurts got. Because you know why? The one thing that your owner in Philly does, he's got a set of cannolis. Hey, this guy's good. I'm going to pay him and give him a roster bonus. And here's his, most of his contract up front on the front. They, the Eagles front load their contracts. Where most teams, they don't put their money where their mouth is. That's why they can't compete with the Philadelphia Eagle right now roster and how he saved this season in the offseason. I'm talking Howie by structuring these deals. Look what he did with Lane. Lane's getting a boatload of money and a bucket of bags of money next year because he restructured his contract. Look what they did with Malata. Look at what they've done with Jalen. Jalen Hurts doesn't have a five-year contract. Jalen Hurts has a three-year contract because all that money's front-loaded, rightfully so, especially in that style. These people around the league are not going to put a – they can't put a Jalen Hurts. Look at look at the guy Dimes Jones and the amount of money that it's going to cost the Giants over the net. Daniel Jones has the worst deal in the league. Jalen Hurts has the most team-friendly, and here's the bag of money. And so that Jalen felt more empowered, no trade. Dude, that's really believing in your guys. That's 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 believing. The Eagles, I would I would tell you this. I don't think there's a franchise in the National Football League that believes in their players more than what Philly does. Because you know why? It's not lip service. 
they pay their guys. Every one of those guys have, dude, all your star players, look at your corners. They're 15 million a piece. Your tight ends a 15 million guy. Your two tackles are 15 million. Your centers a 15 million. Your quarterback in March 7th, it's it's March 17th, is a $50 million guy. Dude, they pay people. The wide receiver is a $20 million guy. Put all their money in the belief. Now, I'll, my, my take on why they paid Jalen sooner is because they believe in his decision-making more than what he's done on the field. They believe his maturity is why. And it wasn't the mistakes that they've made. It was the relationship that they had with Wentz that makes them more empowered now to know what right and wrong is. Hey, you don't learn from your successes. You learn from your failures. And them going through that whole Wentz deal, get this, they've seen less of Jalen Hurts and feel more empowered and more certain about him than what they saw with Wentz, who had by far more success throwing the ball than him and had more success team-wise than him. Carson Wentz finished second, too. And it was a close race, too, for the MVP. He, he, if you, you don't win the Super Bowl in 17 if he don't play like that because you don't have home field advantage. If Wentz doesn't go 11-2, and two, you don't win the Super Bowl. You do not. Oh, wait, I'll take that back. You might win the Super Bowl, but you're not having home field, which means you may not even get to the game. But they feel more empowered now. Okay? And, dude, I'll tell you one more time. What sold it for Howie was the Seattle game. When the guy didn't want to go back in and he didn't want to go back out there, that was the end of it. The clowny hit ended it for him. You don't want to go back out there? Especially if the doctors cleared him. You don't want to go back out there? That was my takeaway from that. Okay? That was my takeaway. That Seattle game. The Seattle game turned the tide. And, dude, the year previous, they had given him just that giant $38 million. And then when he doesn't go in there and he's looking out for him, it changed it. They took all of that intel. See, Hertz played. And Hertz was never not going to. Dude, Jalen Hurts, and I know you guys agree with me. Jalen Hurts was not very good in the divisional or in the um, NFC title game. He was not very good in those games. It's because he was hurt, but he played. He won his bag of money in those two games because he played. And Wentz wouldn't have. That's all they needed to see. Then the cherry on top of everything was how he played in the Super Bowl. That's what closed the deal. 
and they just see nothing but upside because here's the one thing that I will agree with you guys 100% on. He's a better decision maker than Lamar Jackson, and he's a better decision maker than Josh Allen. He's better in-game decision-making. I told you this last year, and I'll, I'll, I'll always hammer this. Xander and I were watching the uh, Lions game. This guy's making plays like this. Innocuous plays. He wouldn't take minus yardage. He's just throwing shit out of bounds. Didn't have a high completion percentage, if you remember right. But he was making plays that didn't cost him yards. How many times do you see quarterbacks try to jam something in there, tip, fumble, turnover, high percentage turnover plays? Hertz refuses to have high percentage turnover plays, which is what? Deep throws down the middle, throws over whatever. He'd rather run the ball because it's a lower percentage play on turnovers. The Eagles were number one in the NFL last year in that. Dude, I'd rather be number one in that stat, more so than any stat on the planet. Not having turnovers. If Jalen doesn't win a championship in years to come, the Eagle fans and media will turn on him and snap in the snap of a finger. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, but weapon. I don't know, turn on him. But when you're in a city like Philly, Joel Embiid will never win a Bill Russell award. I think that guy doesn't have a championship gene in him. He's not going to win. A, he's not going to win a championship. He's not a championship guy. When he won that most valuable player award, his season was over. His accomplishment was over. He achieved everything he wanted to achieve by winning that award. And his performance showed it. And of course he was hurt as usual and on time. Bryce Harper is not going to be defined by winning a National League MVP in Philly. In his eyes, he's not going to be validated in Philadelphia until he wins a World Series. There's just a difference in makeup. I think he's got a championship gene in him. When I see Bryce Harper, I see Philly. And get this, he'll be a guy that goes like this, I didn't deliver. I didn't deliver. Shit, when you look at Charles Barkley, when, you, when you're in a city like Chicago, Boston, or Philadelphia, dude, in, in Snowflake, New York, or in Los Angeles, they'll be okay with you. Everyone says the New York media is tough. Dude, it's not the stupid media. It's the fans. The media in Philly... Outside of asking dumbass questions to Jalen Carter on the day he was drafted, that ass nine question, which should never have been asked, that day, those are just dumb. Guys want to be part of the story. But when you don't win a championship in cities like that, those guys expect that. Hey, I didn't deliver. Did you have a great career? Yeah, I had a great career. I had a great career. Reggie White's career... Dick Vermeil's career is validated in all the things he did in Philadelphia in St. Louis. He turned the Eagles around, but he couldn't deliver it. Andy Reid fell short too. Dude, that he validates his 
coaching career in KC. And you guys now look at him in a different light. Andy was a really great coach. You weren't saying that when he was losing NFC title games. That's not what you were saying. But because he won that, that Super Bowl, or two of them now, now you kind of validate a little bit of what he did in, in Philadelphia. Kind of. Like, look at McNabb. Here, this is a, this is a great topic. So if Jalen doesn't win a Super Bowl, will you look at Jalen Hurts in the same light as you look at McNabb? Say he only gets the one. How will you look at McNabb versus Jalen? Because oh, Jalen's a nicer guy? <laughs> What's that got to do with anything? Like, it's the same thing with Favre and in, in Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Who do you think Green Bay fans are going to revere more when, when Aaron Rodgers is away from the game? Ten years from now. Ten years from now. Who do you think Packer fans and football fans will revere more? Favre? Who's not the greatest guy, it seems, or Rodgers. Even with the stuff going on in Mississippi, who do you think Packer fans will revere more? Favre. He was more relatable. Jalen is more relatable because it's a story. It's a story of Rocky. He is Rocky. Jalen Hurts is Rocky. Okay, he's rocky at his job taken from him on national television, had a transfer, had a leave, second round pick. Everyone screamed at the pick. Everyone hated the pick. Now he gets a shot at the title. And he gets to fight Apollo Creed. And he loses. Jalen Hurts got more respect in his performance against Patrick Mahomes than what Carson Wentz had in the year he helped win the Super Bowl for the Eagles. It's a story of Rocky. That's why you love Jalen. Because you see that fighter. That's why that guy is revered. That's why the Novacare Center loves him. It's, I don't know about you, but I, that's how I see it. Let Big Seals take a time out here. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island so leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods
and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Pete Elliott for the Broncos? Why? That guy's like an empty gas can. Why? Zeke Elliott to the Broncos. That's the word going around now. He's not official or anything, but... They're kind of kicking it around. Zeke to the Broncos. Man. Dude, I'd rather have Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny be lucky to last four games. I'd rather have him. Zeke has nothing left. Nothing left. Ugh. I don't see it, man. I, I, just, I just don't. By the way, I got another great text right now. From my great friends at at Hooters KOP, man, Big Sales got to leave the Dan Cave. It means I got to travel. Jesus, Xander finally did it. <laughs> Xander finally did it. Jesus, that name, man. I got to get out of the Dan Cave now. I gonna, this is gonna be holy hell for me. Okay. Because that means I got to kind of like get myself in some sort of like halfway decent shape to be able to travel around. Plus, I got to be in a better mood. I don't know. Man. I, anyway. So, hey, look, I got I, I got I to put this out there. So, as I told you, Jimmy Johnson is going into the Miami Hurricane Ring of Honor. Congratulations to you. Dennis Erickson's also going in. A guy named Chuck Foreman is also going in. Um isn't it funny? The one guy who should have put him in years ago, Jerry Jones won't. Put him into the Cowboy Ring of Honor. Talk about ego. After all these years, still, Jerry can't let loose of the fact it wasn't you, Hoss. You have never been able to replace Jimmy Johnson. You've replaced... Romo and Aikman and Emmett and Zeke and Irvin and Dez, the O-line, the D-line, Charles Haley, Micah Parsons. But you ain't ever been able to replace the one guy you fired in Orlando when you said anybody could coach the Dallas Cowboys. Well, since that time he said that after Jimmy won, the second Super Bowl, and Switzer came in and rode his pony to the Super Bowl championship. Ever since that little time, 
they've won three playoff games. That's 27 going on 28 years ago. They've never advanced past the divisional game since that time. Jerry doesn't want to admit it. Putting Jimmy in the Cowboy Ring of Honor? You want to hear something crazy? Jimmy Johnson, in his five years in Dallas, won as many Super Bowls as Tom Landry did in 29. Think about that. And they were 1-15 in when he started. They were 1-15. in His final two seasons, they went back-to-back Super Bowls. And they would win three and four years. And Switzer would leave after because he just wasn't a good head coach. But he didn't want to F it up. One in 15. Two years later, win the Super Bowl. (laughs) Crazy. He didn't want to admit it, though. That's what happens when... You, you, you have ego in the building. That's why, again, Philadelphia has a great structure. Every guy knows his role, how he's the boss. I, 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 it, it, I can't believe this one thing, though, that I have to keep telling you. Don't ever think Nick Sirianni's got any say in that building. Okay? He's a cheerleader. Sirianni's a cheerleader. Always will be. I've proven it to you. Remember Super Bowl? What he said? Yeah, when I first got the job, I had to introduce myself to the coaches. He didn't know them. He didn't hire them. They were already there. That guy in that building has been empowered by the owner. He makes all the decisions. That's why Doug didn't work. They're the better. The environment is better in Philly. Environment is nothing like that in Dallas. You see, in Dallas, when Jimmy was there, he ran everything. Jerry just paid for the jocks and socks. Jimmy went and got the jocks. Went and got the coaches. That entire coaching staff that won those Super Bowls was my coaching staff at the University of Miami. Every one of them. Every one of those college coaches were my coaches in college. Try that on. Was it just Jimmy? Was my my entire coaching staff went to Dallas and crushed the league? Jimmy, you can imagine how good we were with Super Bowl coaching staff that won three of them. Went won three Super Bowls with my coaching staff in college. It was a commitment to excellence. Or sense of urgency. People playing like champions all the time, talking like champions, walking the drills like champions, game tempo, everything. Shit, you walked out of those buildings at night, you exhaled. That's what a championship environment's like. Dude, when you get removed from that and you get taken out of that championship atmosphere and you get placed into another shit box one, you know it immediately. These guys don't. These guys don't get it. <laughs> these guys don't understand it. 
I saw my boy Philly 500 in here. I think I'm going to try to get his ass on tomorrow. That's my boy because, um, you know, the guy's a big fan of Brzeut and Pasta Fazul. He's, he, that's my boy too, man. Jimmy sucks, right, JM? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Because Dallas, hey, one thing I did do for you guys, because Xander even said it, get the cowboy thing out of here. I had to get the cowboy. I've actually moved the cowboy helmet out of the Dan Cave. Because <laughs> I can't have any kind of juju going on on the show now because I'm killing everybody. So I, I can't have it. So we've we've moved the cowboy helmet out of the out of the Dan Cave. It's just not going to work because it used to kind of get involved with the waves and shit. And I don't know. Anyway, all right. Hey, thank you guys for coming aboard so much, Xander, Big Joe. We appreciate you guys so much. Thank you guys again. Please hit the like button. We'll catch you tomorrow, three to six, and we'll see you on the flip side. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.